Hey, this is Shane Hallahan, and this is the BMX in our blood. I think this is episode 85. I'm kind of losing my losing my spot here. <laughs> I, I think Jay Lonergan's uh, 84, and I think you're 85. But anyway, welcome to BMX in our blood. Thank you. And uh, I was like, you reached out to me because what are the chances you'd be in Connecticut of yeah. all places? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why, why I, Connecticut? Usually, I mean, usually I never traveling doing shows. I'm yeah. in town for in a town for hours, yeah. and this one we're in town for a week, so it's a little yeah. easier to plan. Right, kind of. Right, we have a home base. Yeah, where so, is home base? Home base is Northern Kentucky, so I'm just over the river from Cincinnati. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I'm. Two mi- mile and a half from the Cincinnati Red Stadium. Okay. Really, really close. Yeah. Uh, but there, when I moved there, there was a big BMX scene. It's since yeah. kind of dwindled a bit. In Cincinnati. Yes. Or- yeah. The Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, we had an indoor park. I mean, at the time when I moved up there, I moved up there to go to college. Okay. Uh, Tony Nyer still lived there. Jeremiah oh. Smith still lived there. Okay. And both of those guys went on to yeah. do a lot, and there was everyone around them mm-hmm. that kind of grew up with them. But yeah, um, there's an indoor skate park with a vert ramp. Yeah, so I was going. Yeah, right, right. Where? So the indoor skate park was in Cincinnati. It was in it was in Kentucky. Technically, it was oh, in Florence, okay. Kentucky. It's gotcha. called Ollie's. They had a yeah. 13 foot indoor ramp. And half, half pipe or a quarter? Half pipe. Oh, sweet. Probably 50 feet long. Really? Yeah, it was a good size ramp. And it was after, I mean, after high school, it's like, mm-hmm. I want to pursue vert. I can't yeah. compete with the Australian dudes doing double front flips. I can't mm-hmm. I can't do that. Right. But I've always ridden vert. I've always liked riding vert. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a better option to pursue my dream of becoming a professional bike rider. Yeah. So I chose Northern Kentucky University to go to school. I could move closer to a vert ramp. I was 15 minutes away from Ollie's vert ramp. Oh, okay. While still getting in-state tuition. Yeah. And going to college and getting a backup plan. And and then I'm still close to family. Sure. Worked out. I used to clean the skate park to ride. Really? Yeah, I, used, I would get like the black lung from all the oh. the dust and the yeah, crap yeah, yeah. in that place. I can imagine. But but I was riding vert every single day. Really? And I'm not the best bike rider, but I'm pretty persistent. Mm-hmm. But and I didn't have the grades to get into Penn State and move to Woodward. So oh, that right, worked right. <laughs> yeah, and get on that. Well, not going to get much tuition help at all with that one. I would, no, and I would, that's expensive there. Yeah, it is. Uh, so how old are you now? I'm 30. You're 30? Wow, so, all right. So I'm almost 50, so I'm, there's the gap, yeah. generally speaking. So there's a lot of, since you've listened to some of these, you know there's like that gap. I started riding 98. Okay. And, I mean, that was the boom. That was the huge boom, X Games. Oh, money like, was flying. 99, Tony did the 900. That was huge everyone wanted to skateboard everyone wanted to ride a bike yeah and i wanted to do both and oh. I, I had a bike a little 20 inch bike and uh-huh. i found my dad's my dad skateboarded in the 70s oh did he and that's cool very 
I would say my dad kind of got out of it when the ramp started. Uh-huh. But he had some of his old boards. He had a slalom board. I learned how to skateboard on those. Oh, okay. And then it turned into, all right, I'm going to get a new skateboard. I'm yeah. getting more into bikes. Let's build ramps. Let's do yeah. everything. But it turned into uh, every Sunday, once mm-hmm. the Louisville Skate Park opened in 2001, yeah. I believe. That's how old it is? Yeah. The one that has the capsule, I think, on one end? Yeah, right? it's got a big full pipe. Okay. Um, I believe 2001, so yeah. right in there. Right. Um, my dad started skateboarding again a little bit. Yeah. And so we would go, Sundays, we'd go to the skate park. We, we didn't go to church. Yeah. Um, but we'd go to the skate park early. And uh-huh. in that time, that skate park, there'd be hundreds of people there at midnight. Whoa, really? 24 hours a day, and that was the boom. Wow. So... Did they have lights on it anyway? Like this yeah, like... put lights on it? Yep, on all the time. Still, to this really? day, 24 hours a day. Wow, that's wild. But... Anyway, yeah. But those kids would be... We'd get there at like 6 or 7 in the morning. Right. On Sundays. Right. Those kids would all be going to bed by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the other... Everyone else, yeah. for the most part... Right. was in church yeah so i'd get i'd have that whole that skate park's forty thousand square feet there'd be like Ooh, four people there oh my god so i got wow. to ride a lot my dad would skateboard a little and the original park had a bit probably a 20 foot wide uh sidewalk around the park yeah and my mom would longboard around it Oh no way! So my dad would be here, I'd be here, my mom would be doing loops. So it was like a, it was a family outing. That's so cool. But yeah, I think I think it was oh one because they did an X Trials uh-huh. in Louisville. Yeah. In ninety nine and two thousand and two thousand one. Kind of qualifiers, sort of. Yep. Okay. And they it turned into the B three. In 2001, or 2000 and 2001. Yeah. And they did the groundbreaking ceremony mm-hmm. at one of those. I keep trying to find pictures because it was, I remember K-Rob was involved and the mayor was wearing a Evil Knievel Hoffman helmet. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't, I saw that picture somewhere, but yeah. I, I can't seem to find, oh. find the photo. But what? shout out to Jimmy LeVan for making that skate park happen. Oh, really? He had a lot to do with that one? Well, when they did the X-Trials the first year, Mm -hmm. the mayor was really progressive. He really wanted... He knew that the youth were really going to kind of take over Louisville and make it artsy and creative. Right. um, Extreme sports kind of go with that. Right. And he said the newspapers and the news channels, it was always Louisville, an extreme city. (laughs) And they interviewed Jimmy at the contest. Yeah. And Jimmy said, how are we extreme if we don't even have a skate park? <laughs> Monday, he got a call from the mayor, and they started getting that going. Really? And then I found out later, a few years back, I stayed with Jimmy in L.A., mm-hmm. and he said they bid out the contract. Uh-huh. Right. And I don't know if it's Wormwood. I don't remember who built the Louisville Park. Yeah. But they weren't going to warranty it if bikes were allowed. Or, or they said that no it wasn't that it was that they don't allow bikes in their skate parks mm-hmm. and the mayor said well we're going to have to rebid this because a 
bicyclist was the one that started this. They're like, oh no no no, we'll 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 step really? back. According to Jimmy. Yeah yeah no no, that's fine. Jimmy can spout off a whole bunch of random crap, but I believe yeah. that one. Yeah definitely. <laughs> I'm sure he was pretty clear on what he was talking about. Yeah that was that was his heyday. Yeah yeah definitely. I, I'm gonna have to ask his sister. I see his sister a fair amount. Oh really? I'm have to ask her about that. Yeah. I've never met his sister. Yeah she she's super cool. She was. She still races a lot, um, but uh, yeah, their house back in the day was like the crash spot for everybody. <laughs> I live 50 minutes to an hour from the Louisville Skate Park, Oh, okay. but we had a little skate park in town. There's a little college, which is yeah. good to ride, and I had a mini ramp, and I'd have jams every once in a while, oh, cool. so it was just like I'd meet some... I remember meeting some guys in Louisville, and... Like, hey, you got it. I got a mini ramp. They're like, sweet, we got time. Yeah. Like, I just met them. I don't right, even right. think I remembered all their names at the at that point. Yeah. And they came to my house and stayed at my house and had a session. And yeah. so it was, my parents were always very welcoming of yeah. anyone and everyone. It's so cool that they both skated. That's, yeah. That's, that's crazy. I've never heard of a combination like that with parents. My mom never, t- never touched the ramps. And but I remember, I was, man, I was probably nine or ten. Yeah. And I was so mad because I came home home from school and I had to do homework. Yeah. And my mom and dad went out to longboard without me, and I'm <laughs> I'm at home doing homework, knowing that they're bombing around. <laughs> That's hilarious. I never. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, certainly my parents, I can't imagine, but that's, I've never heard anything like that. That's crazy. So their date night was probably skating. Yeah, they, it's just, everything revolved around me, and I uh-huh. thank them very much for that, but mm-hmm. that included affecting their hobbies. Yeah, right, right. So it was, So no other siblings then? No other siblings, gotcha. only child. Only child. Grateful that, uh. I got a lot of attention. Yes. So it was, but it was all, there was always, there were always friends around. So it was like I had siblings. Right. It was, oh, we're going, well, one year I remember for my birthday. Yeah. All I wanted was a bike rack. Yeah. For my parents' car so we could take more kids with us. Oh. Places. And we would go, before the skate park opened in Louisville, Mm -hmm. we would go to the BMX track. Tom okay. Sawyer in Louisville. That was the only yeah. place with jumps. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I remember being there and kids were like, You don't race, do you? I'm like, no. Like, yeah, you jump too high. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Guess I'm not gonna worry about racing. No. No, because you well you so you never raced, I I never raced. That's, Which like you, I mean you ride probably everything. That's what I grew up watching, is guys who rode everything. Yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, you see, I'm trying to think if the Schwinn part that Jay Miron had, if he was riding street and that, but you'd see an of, uh, interview or something mm-hmm. in a ride with Jay Miron, uh-huh. and he's blasting a huge 540 on a vert ramp, mm-hmm. but the next clip, he's, I remember he was he did a, or there was a sequence in the magazine. He did a manual to over switch double peg down a rail. Like, 
if you ride BMX, you should ride everything. Yeah, yeah. It gets it makes me so mad when I go to a skate park and some kids are yeah. like, oh, I just ride dirt jumps. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. Just definitely try everything. I always tell everyone, I'm like, if you haven't tried BMX, just do it one day. It's free. Yeah. Like, the, the one-day pass is free because they're trying to get you to become a member. But everyone should try it once. Like, just whatever I mean you got to ride around the track and, and, and all that so you knew what it was about yeah but obviously the kids are like no you gotta stay low and fast you can't go up you're, you're never gonna win yeah which wasn't even on your mind <laughs> yeah I ride a vert ramp I don't pedal once yeah yeah right <laughs> how old were you when you went there and were messing around were you still a kid your parents were still bringing you around where to I'm Tom's, sorry Louisville to, uh, to yeah to the, the track the track I mm-hmm. mean we were probably I was early on, 98, yeah. 99, because I was still on, like, a Walmart bike the yeah, first time yeah. I went there. I remember bending my handlebars, jump, like, landing too hard. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, and I just spawned, and then we found out from there, mm-hmm. just over the river from Louisville in Indiana, there's a little skate park that we found out about. Oh, okay. And it has, like, a wedge, a hip, and a quarter pipe. Like, that's it. Bumpy, concrete, bumpy, crappy, yeah, terrible. But mm-hmm. we used to drive over an hour there, and that I learned how to air a quarter pipe there. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, I mean, things spawned from there. But we would we would go up there, and I'd just do airs over mm-hmm. and over and over and over right. again. And once the Louisville Park hit, I had a little, I had enough skill to actually ride a ramp. Yeah. And then they also had, while the Louisville Park was being built, mm-hmm. they had kind of a makeshift skate park in Louisville. Okay. It was small, had like one quarter pipe and a pyramid and a wedge and a okay. little spine. Right. And it was on an old school half pipe. There was an old school half pipe there that... Wood, obviously, right? No. So this is the sketchiest ramp I've ever ridden. Yeah. They built concrete... A concrete flat and two concrete walls. Right. And apparently there was a big full pipe that people used to break into the area and go ride somewhere in town. Yeah. And the city bought it, cut it into fours. So like this this half pipe mm-hmm. was concrete flat, concrete vert, and metal transitions. So it was pieces of that full pipe. Wow. It was sketchy. Wow. But I've been riding half pipe yeah, yeah. since then. Right. And since, like, what would we say, about 2000, somewhere in that area? Probably, you... yeah, probably 2000, somewhere yeah. in there. Wow. So when I see you, and we'll, t- we'll talk about the S games uh, toward the end, to add a couple questions on that one. But, um, so you, it's been almost 20 years that you've been riding quarter pipe at least yeah some half pipe yeah at least just pumping yeah dang like I said I'm not the best but I'm persistent yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely uh one thing I mean that'll that spawns all of it mm-hmm. this year was the 20th year I've gone to Woodward really I've I learned about Woodward so one of the mm-hmm. first contests I saw on TV that got me into mm-hmm. into BMX yeah was a K2 contest at Woodward Oh okay, and that's how we found about it, found out about Woodward, and like I said, my parents were always very gung ho, right, about whatever I was doing, and mm-hmm. 
they sent me to Woodward. And the first time, there were so many BMXers, they couldn't even take more BMXers. I went for skateboarding. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, but it was a great, I mean, I learned how to drop in on a skateboard. I was very mm-hmm. new to everything because I never skateboarded on ramps. Right. And I learned, I loved camp immediately. Yeah. It was my favorite thing. Um, even uh, Grant Taylor, mm-hmm. he was Thrasher Skater of the Year a few years back. He was a little seven-year-old kid in my cabin. Really? Um, seven. Man, but by, by the next year, I got yeah. I went and yeah. got to ride my bike. and. Really? It's oh, so you did one year of skate there? One year of skating, and then it was bike after that. Wow. When did you switch from, because I'm assuming you're going to, you were saying that you went as a camper for a while and then you turned into a counselor? So I never actually, I never actually got a job at Woodward. Yeah. I've never really worked at Woodward. It went from camper to visiting pro. Oh, okay. And I wanted to, I wanted to work there. I applied many Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. But at that time it was all paper stuff Mm -hmm. and knowing now they get so they get flooded with so much of that mm-hmm. that if you if you're not calling them annoying them it's like a teacher the teachers remember the bad kids because they annoyed <laughs> them right that's kind of how you get a job at Woodward you have to be very persistent and sure. i was always kind of took the route of okay you turn in a resume or whatever mm-hmm. for a job you wait a week and you call them back. If you don't mm-hmm. hear anything, obviously they might have they won another route. Right, right. Not the case with Woodward. No. But I never got a job there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just turned into well, I'll go and not work during, during the summer. <laughs> during the summer, and okay. for a while I couldn't get in during the summer, and I was going in the winter. Oh, okay. Um, and I was always friends with the workers there, mm-hmm. and the workers would live there year round or they live in town and my friend Joe um, Joe Taberna he always had a place for me to stay Uh Uh, whether it was he lived with Ron Thomas or Steve McCann or whoever Mm -hmm. and I'd go sleep on their floor and go ride vert yeah I mean that vert ramp that Jamie Beswick rides now is that the same one that you rode when, when you first started doing vert at Woodward? Uh, so they had a, I want to say it was 11 or 12 foot ramp in lot eight. Okay. In the one building that was the old one. It was the kind of the original right. uh, vert ramp. Yeah. And I'd pump back and forth. I, as a little kid, I was still on a Dave Mira bike, and I was getting to the coping or close to the coping. Mm-hmm. So I had to have been 10 or 11. Um, bike was probably heavy too. Oh, yeah, it is. I still have it. <laughs> Dude, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, man, it's that thing hurt my wrists, but I learned to love it. And then they built Cloud Nine, where Jamie, where the yeah, we'll call it Jamie's ramp. It's, yeah. it's Jamie's ramp. It um, seems like it's it's his own personal place because all the all the content when he's not you know competing elsewhere is it's it's all there oh yeah it's kind of like Hoffman you know the all the the stuff he puts up of him just having a session at his house yeah that's Jamie's and that's you know that's Hoffman's and so 
at the time you were there going during the summer, I would imagine K-Rob was there too. So as, as I started getting older, mm-hmm. going to camp, let's say high school, right? I knew J- like those guys remembered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, Kevin, uh, Chad, John Parker lived there, Tom Stober, all the... All the vert guys lived there, yeah. and if they didn't, they were there often. Yeah, yeah. And they were—I don't—I don't want to say it was. I guess it was because I was a young kid that rode vert because that mm-hmm. wasn't a common thing, and they were very, very helpful. Yeah. And in pushing me, it was also funny because there, at one point, every vert guy hated the other guy. Yeah. And and if I'm I'm there as a camper, right. they all had separate shifts of coming in and riding. Oh, okay. So it'd be like these two guys are riding at three, these two guys are riding at uh, eight AM and these right. guys ride at six. Yeah. Well I'm a camper with unlimited amounts of energy mm-hmm. and I'm riding all of it. <laughs> and stuck in the middle. Right, right. Like, hey, what was what was Jamie doing today? Or oh, oh, man. what's Stevie doing? <laughs> Even, even I feel like even up until a couple years ago, it was somewhat yeah. that way. I'm just like, that's so funny. I mean, it. I mean, I can see Jamie's a really competitive guy, right? Like, oh yeah, his mindset is. I'm sure when he goes on a road bike ride, he's got to beat his last time or whatever. You know what I mean? He does everything, so I I could see that. But that could have only helped you, that's for sure. Oh, well, and I think that's what you were saying, but. It, Everyone in everyone in business mm-hmm. says hire those that are better than you. Mm-hmm. I need to ride with Jamie because he's better than me, right? And right. he will probably always be better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you can only learn from yeah. well the not necessarily the skill, but the positive energy of wanting to learn. And right. I don't think that will ever fizzle from Jamie. Yeah. And he has the resources, the foam pit, the resi, always. Right. And I I lived there for a few years. Um, for the whole year or just the summers? No, I lived, uh, 2013, uh-huh. I moved to, I lived in Center Hall, Pennsylvania, which is okay. about 20 minutes from camp. Okay. Not quite to State College. Right. And I could, because I couldn't afford to live in State College. Yeah, a little okay. expensive with all the ki- all the college kids. Right, right. And had a girl, serious girlfriend who is my wife now. Uh-huh. And I have a lot of crap, mm-hmm. so I needed a place. I couldn't live at camp. I needed right. an actual job, and yeah. I was there for three years. Oh yeah. And the learning curve is insane. I can imagine. And that's I think that's really where my. Well, this I want to say the second wave of my career, right? Because two thousand, so I graduated high school in two thousand seven. Right. Do tour started in 05. Mm-hmm. So two years, first two years they did Louisville, they were in Louisville, and I got to go watch them. Like, and my dad found out about the open qualifiers. Next year you got to I got to do it. I they've got 3 days of, I can ride this ramp for 3 days. Doesn't matter how well I do, but I can ride this ramp for 3 days and it's incredible. And they 
backed out of the contract or something, so they didn't do it the third year in Louisville. Oh, okay. However, they did it in Baltimore, and that was the first time I rode a pro contest. Okay. How, th- how old were you when you first rode pro? I was 17, I think. Wow. I guess, I don't know. I, I mean, I think of a lot of BMX racing, you know, you're not supposed to turn pro until 18, 19, something yeah. like that. But the skateboarding, or I'm sorry, uh, half-pipe riding is a different different deal well, with age. There's no, it's a weird thing in BMX. I mean, what is pro, what is not, it's just... Sure. But there aren't amateur, there aren't, there wasn't amateur vert contests. Oh, so you either enter or, don't or do sit it. around yeah. and watch. Exactly. It's only one class or a spectator. Yep. So I'm like, I, I got to start somewhere. Yeah. They're, even at the time they were doing free flow, mm-hmm. but not vert. Okay. So like, well, I got to, I got to try this and see how it works. And yeah, I don't think I got, I didn't get last, mm-hmm. but... I definitely didn't have the height. I mean, I could yeah. tail whip, I could flare, uh-huh. but it uh, it was good experience. Yeah, and definitely. getting to know people, getting my name out there. Right. And um, did you just find a job in center? Did you say center Centerville or just center? C- center Hall? So center that, Hall. Yes. So the reason we the reason we moved to Woodward. Mm-hmm. Um, 2000 so we moved there in 2013 mm-hmm. but in 2010 so i tried a few years 2007 2010 was the first time i made the whole do tour oh okay so i qualified through the open qualifier and got invited to the invite only stops oh okay in 2010 mm-hmm. uh made it the next year 2011 and at yeah. the time i'm still in college right um by two by 2011, I was working full-time, college full-time, riding due to her. Wow. And I had a girlfriend, and I never slept, ever. Right, <laughs> right, right. And working my butt off, doing as much as I can, 2012 rolls around, mm-hmm. no open qualifier. <sighs> and I don't get invited. And... This was under, this was due to her, you said? This was due to her. Okay. And at the time, I mean, X Games was still, like, way up above. Sure. Like, as far as getting the invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so go from riding due to her two years traveling mm-hmm. to nothing. And and I was I graduated, so I wasn't, I was riding more than ever. Graduated from college? From, from college. Good for you. So, thank you. Yeah. So I'm riding more than ever, and... Um, I feel like the rug gets pulled out from under me. Not mm-hmm. not going to contests. They're inviting guys that I was beating. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? 2013 rolls around. Mm-hmm. And they do... That summer, they do the Global X Games. Uh, wow. And they had, I don't know, four or five stops worldwide that was vert at all of them. And I'm at home working... 50 some hours a week mm-hmm. pissed off still going to the skate park doing all my stuff and just depressed because I feel like I got left out right and I see guys going everywhere and everyone I'm like what about me hey yeah, you're right, right. remember me and I'm, <laughs> I'm still doing all my stuff I fe- like I said I felt like I was doing better and learning mm-hmm. and at that point 
my wife was going through stuff. She lost some people in her family, and she kind of wanted to get away. And I just needed a change. Mm-hmm. And we had taken a trip to Woodward yeah, just for a weekend in the winter. And at that point, so that was the end of 2013, or uh, maybe 2000, maybe fall 2013, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yeah. And on the way home, we decided to move. Yeah. So we're like, it's going to happen. Right, right. And we, I took another trip up there. I found a job and an apartment in a day and a half. And wow. I think in a month we were there. Wow. And we... From Cincinnati, or yeah, from north, from Northern Kentucky, and yeah, at that point, yeah. like my roommate in Northern Kentucky had moved out, mm-hmm. so it just it made everything yeah fairly smooth. And I ended up what was crazy is I don't know if you do you know John Saxton? I don't. He's a ramp builder. He lives out in camp. He'd always worked at mm-hmm. camp. Um, yeah, I'd known John for a long time. He's from I think John's from Boston area. Okay, but. He lived in Center Hall, and we stayed with with him while I tried to find an apartment and a job. Mm-hmm. Just so happened the house down the street ended up going for rent that day. Wow. So when That's we moved... Crazy the, things, the way things were working exactly. out. Exactly. Huh? So when we moved, I was four houses from someone I knew. Uh-huh. And that was... Um, so from my house to John's was four, were four houses. Right. And then kind of a little more than that distance past John was Wessel. I was, so I was thinking about uh, Wessel and Ryan Corgan at the same time. You were telling me these stories about ramp builders. But anyway. But So, yeah, they both lived in this time. That town has 1,500 people, that little town. Yeah. And I'm basically on the street with those two guys. Yeah. So it made the move a little bit right. easier. And that just started the getting played or learning mm-hmm. and at the time John always had uh, a roommate mm-hmm. and even he's married but he they always had a roommate whether it's Keith Schmidt or at the time it was Steve McCann okay and I think after the winter of being there the first winter mm-hmm. uh, Stevie got me in contact with April who works for Hoffman okay and I ended up getting in it. it just, everything just fell into place. Yeah. Um, I had just filmed a thing with a guy named Kyle Biller, filmed some vert stuff at mm-hmm. camp. Steve got me in contact with April. April asked, do you have any video you riding? Bam, here it is. Next thing I know, I'm invited to the Kia World Extreme Games in China. So I go from not traveling for <laughs> two years to China. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that was an interesting experience. Did you have a passport already? I didn't, because I can't imagine but, at that time you'd even been out of the country yet. Um, I had one from when I was a kid, but it was yeah, yeah. long overdue. And, sure, sure. But I ended up getting a passport and getting up because they liked that con. That was like that was the Asian X Games. They liked to mm-hmm. be the the contest that brought people up. Yeah. So that was the start of it, and. I roomed with Ben Snowden. I knew all the guys still. Yeah. I roomed with Ben Snowden and mm-hmm. got the jitters out. And I've yeah. been, I think I've ridden a contest every year since. Really? So that, was, that would have been 2014, maybe. Uh-huh. And then I rode the last Dew Tour right. that had Vert when in 2014. Okay. 
because Chad got hurt mm-hmm. at X Games. Okay. And I think it was then. Yeah. I don't know if that was the one where he got really, where he yeah. destroyed his feet. Mm-hmm. Which that was kind of funny too because I was an alternate for X Games. Yeah. For three years. And that first year, but mm-hmm. the first year, Chad's wife, her due date was the contest date uh, okay. for a baby. And I'm right. like, like I'm gonna, I'm broke, but right. I'm gonna spend the money because Chad's not gonna miss his kid's birth. Sure. So I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna be in it. It's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. I'm down there, and I see on Instagram, it's like 7 p.m. Yeah. Oh, Chad's wife had the baby. Awesome. Yeah. Next morning at practice, 10 a.m. Chad's there. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh no. Wow. That must be tough to be on the edge, uh, on the edge of of being in it, which uh, it sounds like has happened, happened a few times. Yeah. So but that was so. Then I think after Vert is when Chad got hurt in Mega, uh-huh. and then he was screwed up yeah. for due to her at the end of the summer. Right. And I got Chad's spot. Okay. I actually still have his the pass that says Chad Kagey, <laughs> so somewhere at my yeah. house. That's funny. So ev- I, eventually I got Chad's spot. Did you see the guy with the bat? Total little tangent. Did you see the uh, the Asian guy with the, the Asian guy with the with the uh, lanyard with the ID on it and it said Animal Chin? Yes, I got his autograph. Yeah. What was that all about? I I mean, how did that even happen? I don't know if he. I don't he had know. To known. Like I mean, it's it's older where they came from, but. Well, yeah, he was, I mean, he was in the Athlete Lounge. Yeah. And he signed a skateboard as Animal Chin, so I don't know what the connection there. Because Jake Brown. Yeah. uh, Jake Brown, I was getting autographs first on my skateboard. Mm -hmm. Jake Brown's like, get Animal Chin. Like, (laughs) all right. And I've always loved the history of BMX and skateboarding. So I've been watching Animal Chin since I was 10. So I... (laughs) Whatever, this is awesome. It cracked me. I, I took a picture of it. I don't know what I, I may still have it on my phone, but I took a picture of it and said, and just posted it and said, we found them. <laughs> but, oh gosh, that's, that's funny. Wow, I definitely do want to get the DX game stuff. But so when did, and this is the, you know, this is my lack of knowledge of, the, of, of these time periods, but due to it sounds like ended after I got back into, into it. Because it's, 2014. 14 was the last year of Vert. Oh, right. Okay. You and there, I think they did like that slope style thing for another couple years. Yeah. And now I believe it's all skateboarding. And oh, it still exists, just doesn't include. Correct. Just doesn't include BMX. Anything bike. Okay. Got it. It's skateboarding, and then I think they do a winter one with snowboarding. Okay. I got it. But I, I, had, I had no idea. That was a. Uh, I mean, I'm very thankful that I was in, mm-hmm. that they did open qualifiers. Right. They did that stuff, yeah. and the another little side note to that was that I started trying in 2007 to get mm-hmm. into the, the actual contest because that's all they had for vert. Right. Um, maybe it was a couple years, 2009 or 10. Mm-hmm. They maybe 2009. They had done free flow since '05, right? For the amateur contest, right? 2009, I think, was the first year they did amateur vert. 
Oh, wow. And because I had tried the open qualifier, yeah. they wouldn't let me ride it. Gosh. So it was wow. like, damned if you don't, damned if you do. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, I, th- I was just push ahead. I know yeah. where I want to be. I know where I want right, to go right. and keep working on it. You are persistent, <laughs> which is amazing because, again, I don't know a lot about selection and all that stuff. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it for whether it's due to our X Games or any of that. There's going to be a, a lot that goes into it in only so many spots. Still can't believe the Olympics only has nine spots. That's so strange for BMX freestyle. Well, from what I heard with that is that as a whole, mm-hmm. cycling yeah. has a certain amount of people. Right. So to get nine, well, yeah. nine men, nine women, mm-hmm. they had to pull 18 from different other aspects of cycling. I don't know why. I, I, and I understand what you're saying. So they may, they may have taken two away from women's road Correct. Like they're all one. Yes, because okay. because it's all under the same yeah. sanctioning body right. somewhere in there. It's so strange that they had to pull it from other disciplines, but I don't know. It seems like you could just add, and it wouldn't really make a difference. It's like having more motos at a national. Like, oh well, I guess we're just going to take longer. We're just not yeah. going to finish until whatever time. But Olympics is probably so far beyond what either of us probably understand with. You know, all these scheduling and how much time each event takes and all that. I mean, it's another thing like, like I keep saying we're going to talk about X Games. Oh. Uh, but it's like X Games where everything is, it's timed out. I mean, you, yeah, right? I mean, I don't know how long, Street was what, a half an hour? Something maybe, like that. Maybe, well, but, I didn't notice this year, mm-hmm. there was only uh, six invert this year. Yeah, I... I mean, I was watching. That's when we met. Yeah. Real quick before you went to warm up, but or do your final warm up. But um, yeah, I was like, wow. I mean, I'd heard it before that that vert was people weren't riding vert. Yeah, there's there's well, they say there's not, but mm-hmm. even I think when Do Tour was had five stops and there was 20 people in each yeah. at each stop riding vert right x games was only 12 at that time oh okay but no one could get in right uh it was very i feel like and there was no qualifier mm-hmm. so for vert. for for vert yeah. and so there wasn't a way for someone to work their way in mm-hmm. and there's a lot of guys my age mm-hmm. that showed a lot of promise right. riding vert were getting a lot better very quickly, better than me. Mm-hmm. They saw that there wasn't an opportunity, so they focused on other things. Yeah, they focused on riding the box jump or doing right. whatever. Right. Uh, ra- rather than like uh, Nick Digerloma, he didn't even. Uh, he's from Cleveland. Okay. Um, but he didn't even have a vert ramp to ride. But he was showing up and doing flares and all this stuff. Or Joe Taberna. That guy I mentioned that lived mm-hmm. out at camp and right. Craig Mast. I think I want to say Craig Mast is the last uh, person to do a last first 900 on a vert ramp. I got you. Because Craig's younger than I am mm-hmm. and he was a park guy and he's like, well, I'm at the contest. I might as well ride the vert contest. Right, right. And he asked me, because I was going to try nine. I'm glad I didn't do it, but. Yeah. 
he's like, do you think, how hard is it? And he could do them on smaller quarters. Sure. He just went out and did one at six foot on the vert ramp. I was going to say, you, you have to go high for it to be impressive enough for yeah. judging and all that, right? I mean, can't do a 900 below coping. No. That's not going to be, that's not going to cut it. No. Probably get a negative score if you do that. <laughs> yeah. Just slap in <laughs> the taking, face. Yeah, we're taking 20 points off. <laughs> <laughs> but all these guys that had talent and ability and drive to do it yeah. lost that drive. When the rug got pulled out, like I said, I'm persistent. I didn't give up. Right. But some people did, and mm -hmm. I think that's that's a whole generation of vert riders. Sure. Sure. And is there, is there anything? Are there any other competitions still that have vert aside from X Games? Nope. Uh, this year was the first year that NAS Festival in England oh, yeah, did yeah. not have vert. They didn't. Nope. Oh, this was. Man. They had a mobile, they had a movable wood ramp mm -hmm. that they would put there. But I think it had been moved so many times. Yeah. And I don't know if they didn't do them, because they didn't do dirt as well this year. Yeah. I don't know if they didn't have the fund to do it. I heard the ramp had, was a little bit tired. Yeah. And this is at the NASA event. Yeah. Okay. So I was bummed I didn't get to go this year. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out to be the last year. No, they didn't. It was last year. Was the last year? Oh, I'm sorry. So I did. I did get to go to the last one. Oh, good. So that was that was cool, and I got second at that. So mm -hmm. that was that went into my best year at X Games. So I, I was very. I went the, to that mm -hmm. with the thought of because it was two weeks before. I'm, like, right. I'm gonna get the jitters out. Yeah. I'm go ride this contest. Doesn't matter how well I do. Mm -hmm. Get the contest jitters out, and I'm ready. Because you had already had the invite. You're yeah. Already, okay. Yep. So it was just mental state of yeah. being in the right spot. Right. Um, but Let's not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to um, vert. Okay. Because to me, that's a whole conversation that about. Well, since now it's the only game for you is is you got to make, got to make the vert. Uh, you got to be qualified for vert or well. Just, just one last quick thing about it. I keep saying that, but... Um, so you ran it this year. Does that make you an automatic for next year? No. You still have to go to the qualifier? If or... they do a qualifier, it, okay. you, you never really know. Okay. And like that, I mean, this year it kind of screwed Dougie mm -hmm. because... I don't know who that is. Uh, Dougie Oliveira, he's from Brazil. Oh, okay. He rides right. mega too. But yeah. the qualifier was so last minute was it Utah? It was in San Diego. San Diego? At the Claremont, because they have an existing vert ramp. I gotcha. And it was it was like weeks of notice. Okay. But Dougie already had his flight to the States. Yeah. Couldn't change it. Couldn't, I mean. Right. And that's also a month ahead of when he was going to come. Right. Right. He's ridden X Games vert for four years now. Really? He didn't ride it this year because he didn't get to the qualifier. Right. Um, so I'm this year I was pre-qualified this year from from the previous year but yeah. I guess next year I will have to qualify again is it because you meddled the year before correct so if you meddle you're in you're automatically in. okay yes. I got you it may, that makes sense because I think I've heard the same thing with pretty much all the disciplines right yep yeah and they even, always bring them back even dirt jumping I think even the the video thing that Stu does, I think the previous winner comes back. Oh, okay. The next All year, right. I think I. 
Yeah. I say that, but I haven't l- actually looked at it. Yeah. Well, it, it, as I say in these old times, someone's going to fact check us. So Probably. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Actually, I've never had anyone ever say anything about, you know, that was wrong or whatever. It never happens, which is cool because people are just listening and just saying, ah, you know, I, I had something to listen to, so I'm happy. Yeah. Everything's good. But uh, I wanted to, I want to talk shows for sure because... You and I happen to be meeting now because you're in you're in Connecticut. But uh, how long? Well, first of all, tell, who are the shows with? Give me a, a so little. So the this show is for ASA mm-hmm. Action Sports, and mm-hmm. it's the high school tour. They they've done a high school tour. I want to say it's almost twenty years. Yeah. And for the past couple years, it's been box jump quarter pipe, mm-hmm. but it was vert ramp. They had really? a mobile vert ramp. Really? And I had to, I've done that a few times. Okay. And that's kind of how I got in with, with this company, because it was an 11-foot vert ramp, Yeah. which was incredible to ride yeah. every day. Yeah. And, and it was mobile? Mobile. So half of it was on the truck, and half of it was a trailer. And there was that's flat bottom so you laid funny. out. Way, way back in the day, uh, Vans, I don't know if you ever saw it. Did you ever see their portable no. half pipe? They had a portable half pipe that was all, pl- I would assume, plexiglass. I guess. Oh, wait, yeah, the one with no flat. Yeah. It was like, I think Veriflex had one. Okay. Yeah. It, and I think it was also on a trailer, I think. But anyway, the, it just makes me think of that one. Because a mobile half pipe that's 11 foot, it's a, it shouldn't be mobile. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, right. But it, it sounds like it worked. It worked. It was awesome. And the the high school tour is sponsored by... The Anti-Defamation League, they're all about Mm anti-bullying and the Marines. The Marines kind of use it as a tool to, I mean, if you're Mm anti-military, you would probably have something to say that we're recruiting people. Yeah, they, the military does get, they do get people from this, but Mm -hmm. really it's just to get phone numbers. So is the military... So it's a lead. So the Marines show up every day. Gotcha. Are they paying for it? So I don't know. I get paid, but I don't know who actually. I mean, whoever's running the team or owns the team. Yeah, the marine the marines do have a, a marketing budget that that goes into it. To and get you guys correct, okay. because it doesn't matter how cool of a kid at the high school mm-hmm. is, they're gonna they're gonna have a smile on their face when they see yeah. a backflip over someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the marines show up every day. The recruiters. Uh-huh. And we interact with them, mm-hmm. and at the end of the show, they have a pull-up bar, and we get the ki- the the cocky kids in the audience like, all right, who can who who thinks they're the strongest in the audience, yeah. and they do pull-ups and see who can do it, and yeah, and then the Marines jump on and <laughs> yeah, but they they it's more of just a way for the Marines to interact, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's not trying to show them up and and be like yeah. We're going to do, I know you just struggled through three. I'm going to do 21 arm ones. <laughs> yeah. The Marine. But it, Marine it's, it's good interaction. And I mean, I, I can't run a mile because of mm-hmm. all my injuries. So I'm not yeah. going to the military, but right, right. it's an option for some of these kids that have nothing. For sure. And so in that sense, mm-hmm. hopefully it, it it's positive for those kids as well as the 
the first time I saw BMX in person yeah. was a BMX show. Oh yeah. And it was it was at a fair it was at I the was Kentucky just, State Fair. Yeah. Okay. However, I saw it. Yeah. I was hooked. Yeah. BMX has been my entire life. It has given me opportunities I would never have had. Right. And I wish that upon everyone. Yeah. So if I can do this and do it in front of thousands and thousands of kids mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I want everyone to be in this. Right. So So what do you end up riding now now that you don't have the portable halves? Is it So we've got a, a five foot tall box jump mm-hmm. and an eight foot tall quarter pipe. Oh, okay. And I mean I've I've ridden box jump shows since two thousand six. Yeah. So I've pretty much anything I can do in an air mm-hmm. on a vert ramp I can do in a three sixty. On a on a box, box jump. jump. Okay. And so it yeah, it works out, and we've we've also got a flat load. We got X Games uh, gold medalist Trevor Meyer with us riding Flatland. Is it the guy I met downstairs? Yep. Okay. Tall guy with glasses. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. So he won the first three Flatland X Games before they stopped. Flatland. Before they stopped, okay. yeah. So they I, they did it for like six years or something, but he won three of them. Wow, it's pretty impressive. I think he medaled in. He has. He told me yesterday. He has yeah. three gold, two fourth, and a bronze. Wow. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so we 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 bring the heat. We've got yeah. and there's actually a second tour. So we're the East Coast tour right now. Mm-hmm. There's a West Coast tour going uh, simultaneously. Oh, okay. And it's just more BMX, more people. And, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So it and yeah. I've. Growing up in the late nineties, right. there were, I mean, the amount of professional riders there was a lot less. Yeah, most of those guys were on tour doing shows, right. and that's that was always my goal. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna ride all the time. I want to do shows, yeah. so I can make a living. Right. So I can go to contests. Right. Right. And and push myself, and that's always been my goal. That's always what I've wanted to do, and. Working out, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so you had one week in Massachusetts. Yep. And now you you are starting your Connecticut swing. Correct. Tomorrow. Yes, and this is an eight week tour. So we're in each area for about uh, a week at a time. Wow. And you mentioned that you're married. So how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, that's a long time. It's uh, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not. No, I'm you know, I'm just talking real life. I mean, it's def it's definitely different because uh, some of the, some of these guys that I deal with mm-hmm. or ride shows with, mm-hmm. they're single. What right. they own can fit in a trunk of a car. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a wife at home, a dog, a mortgage. Yeah, sure. A job at home too that I kind of yeah. work when I'm there, and yeah. um, it. It's a struggle, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's what I want to do, mm-hmm. and it makes it puts me in a good place of being happy. And it, mm-hmm. um, this is stuff that it, the the goal of what you're doing, aside from fulfilling what the what the you said it was the Marines. The Marines, yeah. What their goal is, aside from what their goal is. Uh, 
I always wonder this about people doing shows, only because I've known some people that do shows and it doesn't seem like it aligns really, but the 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 purpose of you doing shows behind them, uh, aside from the Marines, would be, you said anti-bullying? Yes, so we bring a message. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's this... I just want to know what you, how this connects with you. Like, do, so we actually, on this tour, um, we actually talk about Mm-hmm. a story so I, we did kind of a test show in dc earlier this mm-hmm. year and i actually was on the microphone telling the story mm-hmm. but dan sieg is our announcer and he says a kind of an abbreviated version of it every sure. day but riding that louisville skate park as a kid mm-hmm. up until i was a sophomore in high school so i was 15 or so mm-hmm. i weighed about 100 pounds yeah i was scrum and i was six foot tall I was scr- I was scrawny little kid with no muscle, mm-hmm. and I wore I had huge pro design knee pads. They were mm-hmm. leopard print. <laughs> I I saw Pat Miller lives in Louisville. Who used to ride for Schwinn? I, yeah, I and he's a vert rider, and he had leopard print knee pads. And I was like, oh, those are sick. I gotta get some. <laughs> and Kevin Staub, skateboarder, oh, had okay. some. Like, all yeah, right, yeah. those are cool. I yeah, want to yeah. get those. So I'm wearing leopard print knee pads, yeah. shin guards, which right. no one wears pads anyway, or yeah. at least exposes them. And I would wear shorts because yeah. they wouldn't fit under. Right, right. Um, I had a pink helmet, pink Pro Tech. Yeah. And my bike was all different colors. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a kid and I would be like, all right, I want blue. Right. I'm going to do all blue. Mm-hmm. And then the next part I get, nope, I'm going to do yellow. So my, my bikes were all kind of crazy. I even had a kid come up to me in a park and be like, are you a raver? I'm a little kid. I don't even know what that is. Right, right. Like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, the story that Dan tells is I'm a walking, talking target. And Mm -hmm. I kind of wrote this up. I did a speech at a school Mm -hmm. uh, for a graduation. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a walking, talking target. I wanted to ride the section with the six foot ramps mm-hmm. at the Louisville Park. That's where most of the older kids were. Right. But I'm little, I'm scrawny, I'm I would I was the butt of jokes mm-hmm. and no one took me seriously, no one really talked with me. Right. Talked to me. So I was kind of alone. Yeah. And I was always getting snaked. People would just drop in on me, no one cared. Yeah. But that little skate park, it's 40,000 square feet. It's huge. Yeah. So I would go over to the big section mm-hmm. with the 8-foot and the 11-foot bowls. Oh, okay. And like I, like I said, I was there on Sundays. Right. That brought out the weekend warriors, yeah. the guys that were late 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. that had little kids. Sure. And those guys rode vert as kids. Oh, those guys okay. talked to me. Ah, okay. And I started riding that more and more and more mm-hmm. meeting those guys having friends yeah they were a lot older than i mean they were basically father figure but sure. um guys that had insight into riding vert and i had fun doing it and it right. just kept going kept going yeah and so this the story that dan tells is that follow your path there's always a path of, of least resistance and following your passion. Mm-hmm. There's going to be roadblocks. Right. But if you pursue or persist, mm-hmm. 
there's a way to, to make it happen. I didn't yeah. expect to be a professional vert rider, but the way that I got around dealing with the kids at the skate park, it turned out that way. Yeah, yeah. So, right. if if someone, I mean, everyone gets bullied, no matter how old you are. Sure. But yeah. um, if you stay positive and just try to take yourself out of the situation, mm-hmm. there's good that can come from it. Yeah. So that that's kind of we we tell that story every day and it's true mm-hmm. and if and I always I always tell the kids like if I can come out here saying that I ride a bike a kid's bicycle for a living mm-hmm. doesn't matter what your dream is right. that you could do it yeah I mean not within reason right we're yeah. not, not going to give participation medals right. for everything but right right kids should follow their passion mm-hmm. and whether it's going to college or not mm-hmm. and thank goodness I followed mine <laughs> yeah right right no no doubt it makes it makes uh, it makes me understand exactly why you're doing this which is um, I've always wondered why people I, I realize there's probably people that just do it for money um, and maybe it's just a show without a message but your sounds pretty cool because of that you know the marine angle and you're doing anti-bullying stuff which is yeah obviously a huge issue and uh i'm sure you know there's someone in every crowd that's suffering bad yeah and that stuff i live in a small town um it's only like 2600 people maybe and a lot of them are weekenders from new york so it's when the weekdays hit. Oh, yeah, they're not kind of empty where I live because they all go back to the city. Another kid committed suicide last week. First of all, I don't think they did. I could be wrong on this, but I don't think they did anything for anti-bullying for our high school. It's a regional high school. Yeah. I could be wrong because it's not like the kids run home and tell us everything that happens in high school. Elementary school and maybe junior high school, they might tell us a little bit, but... They're not talking about it. So if it's happening, if it's happening, great. If it's not, man, they're breaking on it because it's, we've had a few, we've had a few. And, and that's, that's aside from what the kid, what kids could be dying from, which could be drugs, Yeah, you know, big time. God, that breaks my heart because the, as you know, I mean, it's really hard to get out of that place you're in. And sometimes you feel like nobody could say the right thing or help me in the right way to get in get out of what's in my head yeah so you must deal with that a lot do do kids ever come up to you um no not too often do they actually ask me about the story Mm -hmm. Uh, but usually like when they have chances to do that the teacher's like taking them back into class Yeah, yeah um but I I do from time to time get messages on Instagram mm hmm went after the shows that's like thank you very much mm-hmm. like overly yeah. um thanking me for yeah. for coming and doing the show and these are students students okay yeah and i mean the fact that they took the time mm-hmm. meant that it really it meant something to them yeah and whether i mean this this one's all anti-bullying a lot of times it'll be mixed in with with other companies I work for um, mm-hmm. 
anti-bullying, anti-drug, positive life choices, bike safety, a little, little bit of everything. Yeah. And yeah. if, uh, like I said, you, most schools have budgets for that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. when you put a ramp in the middle of their gymnasium, it gets their attention. It does. I'm sure it does. It's, it's a little bit sad, but um, before K-Rob passed away, going on two years, I think, uh, yeah. this December, right? So it was yeah, December. it's coming up. So I always wanted to go to one of his, one of, you know, because he had his, basically him and one other guy would, would go around doing shows everywhere. And yep. I believe his were anti-bullying also. He did, yes. Okay. Yeah, the, doesn't matter where you are, you can all, every school wants that. Every school is oh, yeah. dealing with it a little bit. And yeah. that's why, that's where BM, I mean, BMX comes into play. Right. It's something to live for. It's something you don't need anyone else's approval. You can do it yeah. on your own. And I did it as as a kid. I was riding by myself mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But it taught me um, taught me humility. It taught me direction. It taught mm-hmm. me a little bit of everything. It taught yeah. me how to do woodworking, concrete. Right. Um, persistence. And so it doesn't matter what the kid's going through. If they're varsity football player who's on top of the world or... Mm-hmm. the kid getting stuffed in a locker right right you can get uh anything you mm-hmm. want out of it well that's that's pretty cool i've like i said i've always wondered about that and and how it affects people that are doing it because ideally you know you've if the person you know putting on or riding in the show understanding that dan it is is announcing yes, dan is announcing just it's pretty cool to know that you are you've experienced and can help these kids in some way because you're telling your story of the same thing they may be going through in a different different way altogether but that makes me feel way better about about school shows because I, I just didn't know yeah I just, I didn't know. And, and and even like like I said we do a lot where it's anti-drug, mm-hmm. anti-alcohol, or, or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'm sure a, a lot of people know that there's a lot of people that do shows that are right. preaching, but not yeah. not listening to their own thing, but sure. I'm 30 years old, I've never had a drop of alcohol, I've never smoked one thing in my life, Really, and that's another reason why I love this, is because mm-hmm. I truly believe in what we're going and saying to these kids. Yeah. And because you're living it already, exactly. And so, I, and I should say, and overcame it. Correct. You know, as you were when you were a teenager, young young teen, right? Yes. Not even a teen <laughs> when it first started at, at the park. But uh, yeah, it's it's tough stuff. But what I was saying about K. Rob is that was uh, I wanted so badly to take time off and go to a show of his just to watch, just to see that he was. I never experienced that kind of motivation just coming out of his mouth all the time. Uh, he, he was, you could tell he was probably pretty dynamic at these shows. Yeah. So it's, but I always wanted to catch one of his shows and 
you know, if anything, it's a lesson to people. If you've got a feeling about something that you want to do, do it because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Don't know. And it's kind of a side but of the bullying part. I think it's also just, and his is about bullying, but to me, I'm sorry, it's, um, it's something that I feel like telling everybody, my own kids, you know, just go do whatever you want to do because you can. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want to do. And you've, and you've proven that too from, from our discussion. Yeah, there's only, there's only a handful of times that I can even think of that mm-hmm. riding my bike didn't help. Yeah. Where I was so frustrated with yeah. whatever was going on, mm-hmm. that bike riding, that didn't help. But it always like kind of leveled me. Yeah. And I need. I mean, when I get injured, mm-hmm. I get so um, cooped up, and yeah. I, I feel like there's. I need something. What is it? And yeah, yeah. Just riding my bike. Just the right. mental state of. Yeah. Forgetting everything and trying to going into what you're focusing on. Like you yeah. couldn't. What you probably couldn't hike no you know it just hurt it would just hurt too much or it, you may even have fused stuff at this point so i've got a i've got a plate and seven screws in my, on my fibula i think a lot of bmxers have that one mm-hmm. but that was 2008 or 9 when mm-hmm. i did that and I'm, yeah. i still have issues with it from time mm-hmm. to time so it sure d- it depends on which shoe it dictates which shoes i can wear and yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah I, I can if I jump off the bike and mm-hmm. land on my feet right that bone doesn't have the flex that it used to okay so yeah. it's all the only way I can describe it is if like hitting a tuning fork yeah yeah, yeah. and that vibration mm-hmm. I get that through my leg sometimes and my leg will go numb I got you if I jump off of something at a certain sure. height so yeah. it's learning to deal with it and doing these shows you have to you have to be smart, mm. and it sucks sometimes because I go to a skate park. I'm like, oh, I really want to send something, or I go ride. Well, I mean, we had yesterday off. We're riding street. Mm. Or like, I really want to do this rail, this one trick on this one rail, yeah. but maybe I shouldn't because I have seven more weeks of shows and seven weeks. doing seven weeks hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. Right, right, and I've been there yeah usually it's my back that goes out oh okay okay so i have to i have to be smart but right Right. we're getting there that's a lot of weeks so real quickly uh so mass connecticut um are you working a particular direction in the country are you going like south as you go from connecticut so we go that's a lot of weeks uh mass connecticut new york Mm -hmm. then i believe we jumped down this was the only one that's kind of out of the way we jumped down to raleigh okay and then up to pittsburgh it's a week around raleigh though right yep okay so what was that uh then we go to pittsburgh Mm -hmm. maybe detroit Mm -hmm. uh i know we and we end in cincinnati i don't i didn't count that but so i think i might miss might have missed another one there. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I just right. know that I'm on it until I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Riding bikes a lot, so I'm happy. Yeah, really. Because five five days a week. Yeah. You can't beat it. No. How and long? I'm sorry. I was gonna say, and you get days off because 
I had the opportunity to do right now they're doing the Texas State Fair yeah um, and I got asked to do that one but that's 24 days straight of three shows a day I'm like I don't know if my body can take that yeah yeah but do you know people that are yeah actually I I helped uh, that my buddy Dougie yeah, uh-huh. he kind of took my spot down that way yeah okay. and he had just gotten his workers visa oh okay so it was help him out and I get to do this one and sure that's also in one spot I like to mm-hmm. the reason I like to travel I get to see places and, yeah closer uh, up you know than in the old racing days we would joke that we would go to a place but we we never left the track exactly so you never really get to see what what is around you yeah when I was riding due to her I, I remember I went to Portland for like two days mm-hmm. rode the contest did homework in the hotel yeah the only thing I did was I woke up and went by myself to Burnside for like an hour yeah but yeah I didn't get to see anything of Portland right, right. other than that and that yeah. was only because Burnside was like a block from the hotel <laughs> okay got it yeah um, it is it is tough but if you're on a, so your weekends are generally free Saturday weekends Sunday, are free yeah because obviously you're doing schools yep. it's all schools right correct okay I got you so at least you have the weekend free, but you're still too far away from home to, to go. Yeah. To go home for the week, I suppose you could leave. On a oh, Friday there is, Columbus. We're in Columbus for a week before Cincinnati. I see. Okay. So okay. I'm sure I'll get to go home, or meet yes. my wife up at that point. It's not too it's too far. Two away. hours from my house. Okay. Not, All right. Not bad. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. Okay. Well, I'm excited though because I get yeah. I get to go to Bicycle Heaven. I haven't been there yet in Pittsburgh. Is that that museum? Yeah, I haven't been, and I. This is a perfect example of what, exactly what you're talking about. I go to Pittsburgh three or four times every, let's say, uh, late fall, winter, and um, most actually it's it's mostly after the first of the year. But I don't get to see any of Pittsburgh because I'm at the wheel mill usually, yep. and that's where I'll ride and I'll also do the do the podcast interviews. So I never really get to see Pittsburgh, which is, I, I really need to change this because um, <laughs> my dad and my, his sister, uh, my aunt, the two of them and my grandparents, it's, they're all from Pittsburgh. But it was, you know, they were long since out of Pittsburgh uh, by the time I was born. So, but anyway, my, um, uh, just a super quick story. The there's some trails in Pittsburgh, um, Hazelwood. These Hazelwood trails are kind of up against the a cemetery, and my grandparents are buried in that cemetery. Oh, that's isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, it to me it was the just connection. like whoa. <laughs> so we were going to check out Hazelwood over the winter. So of course it wasn't wasn't rideable. I couldn't have ridden it anyway. This place is insane. It's it's made for people like Chris Doyle. Um, but there's amazing locals around Pittsburgh. Amazing. There's such good people there. Oh, yeah. Um, and the house that my dad grew up in is not even three quarters of a mile from the wheel mill. Oh, nice. It's just so <laughs> strange. But anyway, I don't know how I got it from that tangent. But well, you got to go to the Andy Warhol Museum when you're there. There's have, like five stories. There. That's yeah. pretty cool. 
Well, back to what you were saying. What's the name of the, the museum that you were talking Bicycle about? Heaven. Just Bicycle Heaven? Yeah, okay. I've never been there. I'm friends with the owner on Facebook. Oh, okay. Um, but I've always... I've collected bicycles since I was 10. Oh, you collect, too? Yeah, I have a lot. Well, that's what you were probably saying before, that you had to find a place to put all your stuff. <laughs> that's exactly it. Oh, man. That actually... So, buying and selling... When I lived in PA, mm-hmm. there's 50,000 undergrads at Penn State yeah, and 10,000 grad students or what, whatever. That's crazy. That town without the college is 35,000 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you add that during the semester, right? there's very few jobs mm-hmm. and yeah. you're getting the most minimum wage possible at most things. Right. My wife couldn't find good work. No. And so we were pretty much living off of the wages I made at a bike shop. Right. And most people that work at bike shops know it's not... No. Not... Yeah. Uh, and not, you're always working when your friends are riding. Yeah. Always. Exactly. And... I tried that route. And so, I mean, I want to say for a while... Mm-hmm. For, I'd say probably four months of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'd have... 20 to 30 items listed on eBay a week. Right. So I I got off work and I'm doing a whole nother job yeah, yeah, yeah. out of my garage at home right. buying and selling and yeah. by that point my wife knew that I won't buy anything unless I can get my money back or make right. money. Right. And as much as I want to keep, I'm passionate about it so I can, f- yeah. I find it and I want to keep it. Yeah. But at least I get the satisfaction of owning it for a little bit yeah um yeah it helped me go to contests because mm-hmm. going to that kia games that's a thousand dollar ticket for china to Was china it? okay yeah and then paying for hotel over there and just hoping to break even right the amount of bikes that i sold in that mm-hmm. time frame uh i had an I think it was an 86 at ROFST, the orange one that Blyther mm-hmm. rode. Uh, I had two pre-83 power lights, oh, wow. one of which I think was a custom for a rider because uh-huh. there was no serial number, and it had a English bottom bracket. Really? I had a Mongoose Racer X, which mm-hmm. was the low-end right. Moto Mag. Oh, okay. So they sold very few of those because yeah, yeah, yeah. no one wanted the cheap one. Right, right. Um, little things here and there or I took my wife I was taking my wife to lunch uh-huh. and I had contacted a guy through eBay who I, who I had found lived in the area Yeah, and you can't give your phone number through eBay Sure. so I don't know how I figured out the loophole of getting a hold of him uh-huh. and he's like yeah come over I have more stuff so we I went to his house and uh-huh. he had I've I like bikes all mm-hmm. bikes mm-hmm. and he had kind of uh turn of the century 1920s stuff really and i'm taking my wife to lunch and like we, we got to go over here first we have to yeah and i wanted we get there and i wanted to buy this bike and it looked kind of cool and yeah my tactics of buying things and just yeah I'm like well i don't know and it started sprinkling i'm like all right, if you throw those handlebars and the stem in that are over on this table, I'll do it for this price. Right. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah. The whole time I had my eye on the handlebars and stem. Oh. <laughs> I wanted the bike, but I wanted the stem more. Right. 
And oh, that's funny. I mean that. I got that. St- I probably got forty bucks for the handlebars and the. St- right. I knew what I was buying. Yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. I do a lot of research and that stem. Mm-hmm. Someone sent me the advertisement for it, and the patent was nineteen oh five. Yeah, it was an adjustable stem. What was the brand? I don't remember. Like I don't remember the brand actually. Yeah. But it's was a, it was it a quill quill stem? It's a quill stem. Okay. Um, the could have been. It was a, a lot it was a zero degree rise mm-hmm. the way it sat. Yeah. But it had teeth on it, so you could actually flip that piece over, and it would give you like a thirty degree rise. Oh, okay. And the clamp on the front would yeah. go down or up. It uh, also moved. Okay. But nineteen, I mean, it was over a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah. And I think I got three hundred and something bucks for it after sitting in vinegar for a week doing a vinegar bath, really? so you can move pieces. Wow. And but just knowing what to look for, yeah, yeah. that helped me get the contests. Wow. That's and. Amazing. So it's there's always a hustle, and that's yeah my the way that I was able to go to Woodward as a kid all the time. Right. My parents didn't have high paying jobs. Sure, was my dad always antiqued? Oh, okay. it was always extra money. Right, and so I grew up at the flea market. Yeah, to be to get a new toy as a kid, I would have to sell my old toys. Right. So and selling your old toys, you wouldn't always get a lot of money. Sure. But it was, I had to value or devalue certain items, sure. and my parents would obviously help me get something new. Yeah, yeah. But I'm haggling with got, I was haggling with grown men at seven, <laughs> selling my stuff. Seven years old. So I learned the value of a dollar quickly. I learned that you can always make money somewhere, mm-hmm. and my dad did that as well. And that's yeah. how he knew how much I valued. Woodward and how much it meant and what it did. Yeah. And so they made it happen for me. Uh-huh. I've bought and sold quite a few. I wish I... There's there's certain ones I wish I hadn't yeah. gotten rid of. Sure. But I only have so much space. Yeah, yeah. And I've still probably got, I don't know, 20 bikes. Wow. Well, the, I know... Some people are, are like this, where they the want the, to, well, to either find the first bike they had and buy it because it's long gone. Yeah. You actually still have your first bike, right? I do. And it's that's, that's got to be using your, your dad's mentality of, mentality of just... You e- know, even at a young age, yeah, mm-hmm. it's valuing stuff. Even right. at a young age, when I, when I had that Haro mm-hmm. and I got... It was a complete, my first, like, really good bike. I had an S&M dirt bike. But when mm-hmm. I got the dirt bike, it was, my parents were like, are you going to sell that? Or, like, at that point, yeah. I knew it meant so much to me mm-hmm. that I needed to keep it. And you did? And I've, I've had it this whole time. That's amazing. And so... And those are hard to, those are hard to find. I Parts have strayed, and yeah. at one point, my dad found another Dave Mira uh, bike so I got like the tire I took parts off oh, of it okay. to to make it and I found the uh, Zach Zuschel at camp mm-hmm. I got a seat from him that yeah. was so 99 was the only year everyone had the Mira seat sure. but 99 was the only year that the font was different oh I didn't know that 
and so I have the correct font oh, okay. mirror seat now. Yeah. Uh, I still need to fully put it back together, sure. but I have most of the parts to yeah. do it. Um, but even at, at that point, as a young kid, I would take a poster tube to Woodward. Right. Because I knew they'd give posters, and I wanted to keep those. Yeah, yeah. I still have, I have a Dave Mirra Super Tour poster um, from 01 hanging on my wall at yeah. home that I got as a camper. That's wild. And I actually ended up, there's a guy that lives in State College that mm -hmm. films, he races BMX with his kids, but he rides mountain bikes and films mountain bike videos. Right. He was one of the videographers on the Dave Mirra Super Tour. Really? Uh, he was on the bus with them the whole time. That's crazy. He gave me one of the banners they set up, they put at every stop. Really? So I have I have a ten foot long Dave Mira Super Tour banner. That's awesome. So I'm just yeah. I want all this stuff. I, right, I right. love it. And but not not quite as bad as Trey Jones. <laughs> well, he's got he's got that little room. I, <laughs> I probably have more bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I mean. The other, the, the cool and the weird connection, there's a bike shop in State College called Eddie's. Okay. It was originally called John's Derailers. Really? And the original owner was Clayton John, who was the president of the ABA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he basically ran BMX in Central PA. Yeah. At that time. And I bought out of that the basement of that bike shop from Eddie, the current owner. Mm -hmm. I have a Gary Littlejohn tandem. Wow. That's and crazy. The, when I first found out about yeah. it, I heard there's folklore of it yeah, yeah. from the, because I didn't work at that bike shop. I worked in another one in town. Yeah. I was trying to make a rapport with Eddie because I'm like, I have to own this bike. I have, what, right. I have to figure it out. I have to go right. see it. I, yeah, and it was like in the lair, super down and yeah. hidden. And apparently, there's even a lawsuit over that bike at one point. And yeah. every couple months, I would go to the ATM and pull out hundreds. Yeah, and go down to Eddie and see if he was ready to sell it. Yeah, and nope, not yet. Nope, yeah. not yet. Eventually, yeah. like I'm getting married and I want to use this as part of my wedding somehow. Oh right. And he was going on a trip and needed money. I think he also saw how persistent I was about yeah. it. Yeah. And I've owned it ever since. I was even collecting parts for it before I owned it. Right. Because right. I knew at some point it was going to be mine. Really? But Wow. Yeah, we should really title this podcast Persistent Full Face. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had, I had two matching seat posts. I had wheels for it and yeah. tires. Because most of the parts on it had mm -hmm. been astray like there was a derailleur on it and yeah. all sorts of weird yeah. crappy parts sure that weren't bmx but right i had to make it right yeah. and i i but yeah the connection there was that i guess clayton john had that uh -huh. built oh okay i found an interview with gary little john just a written mm -hmm. up interview and it said he may have built 20 of them right. ever and I've only seen photos of maybe eight of them mm -hmm. that are still in existence. Right, right. And he also made a 26-inch tandem. Really? I didn't... Because he had a 26-inch bike called the Fire Road Cruiser. It was okay. a, It was a double-top tube like the Cook Brothers. Right. And I have that tandem as well. Really? It still needs a lot of... It needs a lot of work. Yeah. The, 
Right. I bought it from a redneck guy who welded a sidecar on it and onto a tandem. Yeah, that's the first. I've had a couple tandems. I've had three. I still have one of them that I'm getting rid of, but because that our my wife and our daughter would usually be on one bike, and it was uh, me and my my son on the other. But yeah. We did the tour of five boroughs on tandems. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. New York City. Yeah, so I love tandems. And I happen to have two side hacks, too. <laughs> so, uh, But I use those during uh, when I do these fundraisers every year. Yeah. Actually, this thing I'm wearing. So once a year, we do a fundraiser, or I do a fundraiser. And I always bring the, uh, the uh, side hacks. Yeah. Because... You know, we do side hack races around the pump track, you know, at the ski mountain that I, that I do it at. But anyway, it's cool stuff. I wanted, I, there was a Gary Littlejohn one on Craigslist right before I left PA, yeah. but I don't have room for it. And, and it was and expensive. You have the one, right? Yeah, because so mine's the, it's, the one is the 20 inch one. That's mine. It's original paint, original stickers. That is so wild. And yeah, I'm, that one's cool. never leaving the stable. Actually, my wife just said we could hang it in our living room really yeah that's cool but just the heart one of the hardest things was like all right i need two pair of handle i need two matching sets of handlebars yeah they have to be the same patina they have to right right you can't buy them both you can't buy them from a separate spot they have to come from the same definitely not could is are you uh comfortable enough to send that to me yeah okay yeah there's the banner behind the dave mirror banner I just was yeah, at a bike yeah, show, and I'm like, I'll take this because it's cool. Yeah, that's why I wanted the picture. I was gonna. I I don't think most people would know that you're also a, a bike collector. Yeah. And from from the way you're talking about it, I mean, a lot of it comes back comes back in my mind. Things I remember, but those are bikes from just like a couple years before I started. Probably. Probably mid to late seventies, I would think. Yeah, that one's that was late seventies, mm-hmm. and I never raced either. Which, mm-hmm. but I, I'm always drawn to the older race, the race bikes, yeah, the stuff that was maybe a little more out there. Because, mm-hmm. well, it was so innovative because there what it wasn't yeah. around. I also have at my parents a a Graco moto bike, so uh-huh. dual suspension. It's got a 22-inch front wheel and a 20-inch rear. Just weird stuff. I've always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always liked that. And you know so. where you have to go if you haven't been there. Oh shoot! I'll use this. Uh, I'll use this moment to. Uh, Can I stop you there? Yeah. Look at my bag. What's that? Before you say it. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Powers bike shop. So, Chad sponsors show as you've probably heard listening yeah. to the podcast but he, he's a really cool guy and, and um he's active in the bmx scene which thank god because it's always hard for me when there's a when it's a bike shop that they don't really they don't try yeah they're not really like they're into it to sell it but they're not riding you know they're not involved in this even if you can't ride anymore just stay involved somehow yeah in the scene and, and helping but uh he he's been great but you pro- I'm sure you're already aware then of his, we'll call it BMX Museum, but it's all you know up on the mezzanine. Have you ever uh, gone to it? Yeah, I did. I did this uh, State Fair of Virginia. I did oh, shows there okay. for a week or so. Yeah. And I got, I got to go visit Powers finally. Yeah. And because I had met him at the Bluegrass Nationals, I went and watched 
okay. in, in Louisville one yeah. year. Sure. And he's like, "Oh, you got to come by." And yeah. finally, I did, and I was just like, "Yeah." I walk in, That's and there's crazy. the the red line square back, like it's gleaming up in the ceiling. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. It's it's a just crazy geeking out. place. Yeah. Because he likes all eras, and he definitely likes to collect print. Yes. So that which is the coolest thing because on uh, print. I still kick myself. I threw away a lot of print when I retired the first time. So anyway, it's gone. Shouldn't be thinking about it. But he has everything as you should, like in binders that you know, magazine binders. Yeah. But when I was there last year for, it was the DIY, the FBM DIY uh, championships, put on by Powers and FBM. And I think Profile may have had something to do with it. Basically, going up on that mezzanine. Yeah. And going, just looking at all those bikes, which is definitely not OSHA approved up there. <laughs> no, no. You're, <laughs> but, a, you're in a ware, the back of a warehouse. Yeah, exactly. That guy didn't fall here, drag him out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, everything is so close to the edge of the mezzanine. But anyway, Scotty Kramer was there last year with his crew, and uh, I, I did an interview with Big Boy. Um, I had interviewed Scotty a while ago, so I did one with Big Boy, and uh, when we were we were in the the office, Chad's office in the back, and that's where he has all the magazines. Yep. Scotty was look just by chance asking if Chad had nineteen something, whatever, because you know Scotty had never seen. I think it was a, I think it was a picture in there, and he may have been on the cover even something oh, okay. but he didn't he never saw the copy or you know really got to look at it bottom line is you know i'm i'm finishing the uh the, the interview with with big boy and chad's flipping through trying to find it because he knew he had it yeah and boom opens it up and just hands it to scotty and scotty was just like <laughs> i can't believe this so there's there's so many so many nice stories about you know people that collect and then they share what they collect he's not as much of a seller as you as you probably no. know he's he's a collector and he's building his collection and i hope he does get the physical museum open at some point because it would be like bicycle heaven but probably a lot bigger because he's got a oh, lot yeah. of stuff plus he's got uniforms he's got, he's yeah got he's, he's got the memorabilia involved and yeah. that's i wish i had the spot for it mm -hmm. most of the time nowadays when i sell stuff it's to help fund right like i have four bikes i'll sell two and yeah. finish two right with the money that i get then yeah. so it's downsizing but i'm right finishing completing things yeah. and i'm yeah. not finding as much i mean uh trevor and i went to a bike shop this mm -hmm. morning just i'm always looking sure. for stuff you know you never know yeah. what's gonna come about right right um, i think Everyone's pretty aware now, so they've uh, they pretty much either sold off or are just hanging on waiting until it's worth oh yeah as much as it can be before they sell it. But but anyway, yeah, that's thanks Chad for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks <laughs> Chad. <laughs> so uh, it's funny. It's that's a funny connection yeah the that, that patch yeah i've got the patch that he gave me on my bag yeah i just finished showing it on not that long ago yeah but well you'll still be touring when i go do this but oh they're 
of course having that same jam again this year so I'll go hang out hang out with Crandall and, and all because it's just fun they're just like oh yeah they're good people dry, but they're, yeah they're very good people so I haven't even looked at this yet because so, <laughs> I've written out some questions I'm like uh, oh I was going to ask you your, um, your favorite place to ride my um, favorite place to ride well or have ridden we could say I mean Woodward is always my favorite place to be yeah and there was there's definitely there's a session I had over this summer I felt like the the sessions had kind of plateaued a little bit mm-hmm. but there was a session this summer that like gave me new faith in camp and it was an after hour session so it was all sure. the employees right. but there was a few of us riding vert. Alex Landeros was in town with me riding vert. Um, I think Dougie might have been with us. Yeah. And then all the other guys were riding the back section of Cloud Nine. And then it ended with uh, this kid Diego from Chile. Uh-huh. Just started hucking himself. He's uh, trying flare bar bars. Just to the resi. He never tried it in the foam pit. He's like, and everyone in there the session was already awesome yeah and then it was like when tony hawk did the 900 everyone yeah, was yeah. in there focused on diego uh-huh. trying to give him the power to pull this trick and the whole the place went wild he finally he pulled it and yeah because he he was going full speed he was like eight feet out trying this trick just bodying every time and just the response and the energy yeah yeah involved in that it was it was incredible yeah so i'm glad i got to be a part of that and yeah that's what woodward's always been for me it's just Mm -hmm. the mentality of learning just trying to progress yourself no matter what level you're at Mm -hmm. someone's doing a tire grab or if someone's doing double backflip tire grab right there's still progression and it's still you can still feed off of one another sure and woodward's full of that but yeah. On the other note, Ollie's Skate Park. That was my local. The original. That they uh, they went out of business mm-hmm. in, I want to say, April. Oh, wow. 17-year run wow. for an indoor park. And that was... Uh, I, I very much credit a lot of my ability to that place because mm-hmm. I rode all the time. Yeah. I rode almost every day through mm-hmm. college and I had the ramps I had the I had it at my disposal mm-hmm. and so this is uh, this will be my first winter without an indoor spot yeah and it hasn't super like totally affected me since I've been on the road so yeah. much this year right but after this tour we're going to have to figure something out because yeah. the closest indoor, I mean, there's an indoor bike park mm-hmm. in Dayton, which is a little over an hour from me. Sure. But there's not, I mean, the ceilings are only 15 feet or so. Yeah. Other than that, the closest skate park is Cleveland, and that's four hours. Right. And Woodward's seven and a half. Yeah. That's tough. And I, and I actually had a question written down about that because um, just a simple... A simple question about your access to to vert. I mean, it's how many people that are that are riding vert now competitively, and we'll say the X Games. Uh, what 
where do they practice? Like, where does Michael go? Where does we all know where Jamie goes? That's, yeah, that's obvious. But like, all these people must have that challenge. But I don't know if where Michael would go unless they he's, have he's in San Diego, and there's there's a lot of vert ramps out there. Yeah, all the skaters. Sk- I was just all right. That's so why I'm not. Tony has one. Uh, I think Michael rides at the Claremont, the YMCA oh. park. That's yeah. the old do tour ramp. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, Not the skater cross one. The this is a that it's, same it's at that same there. property. Correct. Okay. All right. I didn't know they had the full a full. Yeah. An eleven foot is like so that no theirs is thirteen and a half. I think. Really. So a con. I don't. I get different answers, but I'm pretty sure X Games, is, which is a California skate park, California ramp works vert ramp. Oh, okay. I believe it's 14 foot. Oh, okay. I ha- there's a kid in Cincinnati that skateboards mm-hmm. that has a backyard vert ramp. Mm-hmm. And his is 13 and a half. Yeah. It's got a little more vert, so it's a little different, but mm-hmm. that's it was originally owned by Red Bull, so it's a very nice ramp. Oh, okay. And then two, little under two hours from me, uh, is a drive to Louisville. Right. And Louisville has a brand new ramp that's 13 foot nine inches. But it's outdoor, right? It both, yeah, both of those are outdoor. Yeah. So I don't have an indoor right. vert ramp, but option, yeah. There's so few vert ramps just in the, yeah, in the country, and that was when we've looked at when I've looked at moving different mm-hmm. different times in my life. It's like, well, where's a vert ramp? Right. Or my wife wanted to go to grad school. I'm not going unless there's vert. <laughs> right, right. right. I need. I'm not going to give up on this dream. I'm so close, and yeah. Now it's happening, and she's in grad school, so it's there working out. Yeah, grad school is two years, right? Or is it a full another four? She, no, she's two, maybe two and a half, because I think she wants to do a teaching certificate as well. Oh, okay, all right. So if we can get through that, then health yeah. insurance will be better. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's crazy? I had this written down because this, me me being a, a we'll, we'll say a weekend warrior, my job is, uh, it just provides great insurance. Yeah. It costs me hardly, almost nothing to, of my co-pays or anything involved in, in fixing my, to be a plateau there. And that should have been a huge bill. So I'm fortunate I got the full-time job and that, that pays for it, but I've heard different stories about, actually it's more with motocross, because when I did this road recovery is mostly motocross, but they have uh, they have a separate division for action sports. So like Scotty Kramer used yeah. help that he got from road recovery and lots of people have the ride BMX. So I think about insurance a lot because a lot of the fundraising I do also is, is really helping people that don't have insurance. Yeah. Aside from K Rob's, we I did it for K Rob two summers ago, which would have been like six months after he passed. That one was actually for Robin and the kids, but the yeah. other ones have been for it's always for someone that is in the situation that, that is more than likely a not something they're going to come out of fully recovered. So um uh, so Anyway, it's uh, insurance. I believe it's motocross. The woman, the woman that I did this uh, with, the woman representing road recovery, told me that the way motocross races, or you know, racing in a motocross, or I should say supercross, 
Yeah. We were talking more Supergrass for sure, her and I. She said you have to have proof of insurance for the event that day. So basically it's a one-day policy. Or maybe it's two if you know you have a practice day and then you actually she told the story about that. How, how Since you only really have to have it for the day of the event, Yeah. if you get hurt in practice, you're out. Like insurance isn't going to cover it. Yeah. Because practice was a different day or whatever the story is. What is the deal with, with BMX and specifically like X Games? Because that's the biggest one now, right? For you. For, yeah. They, they for, want proof of insurance uh, if they actually follow up on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I know a lot of back when Due Tour wanted it as well. And I know a lot of guys just had fake things that yeah. didn't have insurance. I've always had insurance. I've always wanted insurance. Because mm-hmm. at one point in college, I I had torn my meniscus in my knee. Mm-hmm. And within a few months of riding again, I broke my foot. Yeah. Or my leg. Right. So I always need insurance. Leg. The plated leg, yeah. Yeah. And so I've always wanted it. I've never had that issue. I mean, I have it through... I have mine through the Obamacare mm-hmm. because that insurance marketplace. Where yes, you pick from one. Correct. Okay, but I I want insurance, and I I still pay for my insurance. But uh, I've always worked at bike shops, right. and no matter what time of year you work at a bike shop, they can still say you're seasonal, right? Which means you don't get offered health insurance. Right. So I've never had that through a work. I've had it through my wife's work before. Mm-hmm. It, it's tough, but it, it's necessary. And yeah, yeah. I don't understand how guys go out and do that with the peace of mind of not and not having it. Because mm-hmm. I broke my wrist, and that was a $22,000 surgery. Yeah. I paid, I don't know, a couple grand. Yeah, right. After insurance and sure. all the other crap that goes along with yeah, it yeah. yeah but chad was injured at the same time so at least i had someone to hang out with at the <laughs> orthopedic doctor <Yeah. laughs> oh man that's funny so so do you feel that you're probably in the minority of people that have insurance that are riding say x games and james foster i don't i don't yeah, want to throw anyone under the bus here but i mean he broke his hip right on the mega this yeah year? it was like the top of his femur and his hip it was pretty serious. It was serious. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty wild. It's. I'd like I, to think that he had insurance. That's all. But hopefully. And so let's say you neither you or I know, but. That God, that could wreck someone. I mean, I don't know how many times you can go bankrupt, but yeah, you know, it, it's because you'd almost have to. It's crazy that I, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. When people don't, I understand money things, but you can always shift. There's always some way, other way to make money yeah. to cover it. Right. And the marketplace does help. I mean, mm-hmm. if you use the tools provided wisely, right. You can you can figure it out. And mm-hmm. I I think at one point I had a lapse of like two months, and I was so freaked out that I didn't have insurance for two months. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Everyone asks when you do this, oh, don't you get hurt all the time? Like, sometimes, but it's like, it's but, you're, but it's going to happen. We're not normal people. Yeah. Maxers. We're not. Well, anytime yeah. I see someone injured, yeah. like, 
I'm like, what happened to you? They're like, oh, I did the... Like, you don't ride BMX. How'd you get hurt? Like, <laughs> you don't do right. anything right. that's cool enough to get hurt. At. <laughs> <laughs> might might be kind of a dickish thing, but I don't understand. And that's when I go to these schools or parents or yeah. I talk to parents at the skate park and they're worried about their kids. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh my gosh, you, you scared me every time you did this. Like, mm-hmm. well, how many kids do you see at high schools yeah. that have reconstructed knee surgery from playing basketball or football before they even get out of high school? I was just talking to my wife about this. And... and Girls more than boys, right? I, I the, feel like that, yeah. It, I have no idea if this is true or not. I thought, like, they just, structurally, their ACL, MCL, all that stuff is, is not quite as, we'll say unbreakable because I don't have a better word right now. Yeah. Uh, they seem to, to, there seems to be a, far more ACLs and MCLs with, with girls. Now that you say that, I think back to people in high school and yeah I can remember a lot of more girls yeah yeah and a lot of it was whether it was soccer basketball whatever yeah you plant your foot wrong and that thing twists yeah yeah there goes your high school career of athletics and maybe college yeah you could do it as a senior and you're already recruited and oh I'm happy to hear you taking care of it I'm sure it's not without pain you know financially but uh I was curious about that because mostly because of what I heard about road to recovery and the, the motocross guys, especially like the uh, basically privateers, they may get a little bit of help, but they're not getting insurance through their deal, through their sponsorship. Deal. No. And in fact, I think she said that's rare to see to see insurance with even like the most sponsored guy. You know, it's yeah. Insurance is like the one thing that you're kind of on your own with action sports in general, from what I'm gathering. Yeah, the only time I can think of uh, insurance being provided are... So when Levi's got into BMX, I know they provided health insurance for their team, which was incredible, which is awesome, good for them. And everyone's going to say, oh, well, they got out of BMX. Well, they put money in for eight years, so good for those eight years. If someone can advance their career from the little time they're a part of BMX. Yeah. Great. Sure. We need more of that. Right. Some of the show companies like mm-hmm. uh, Micah had his hand in the Ringling Brothers Circus when they were doing the oh, BMX okay. stuff involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe all those guys got health insurance. Okay. And different ones uh like all all wheel sports they do mm-hmm. shows at at uh amusement parks yeah. I believe they may do some health insurance too okay. for that time frame sure what's Micah's deal called his division he has division yep. okay I finally met him <laughs> at at Dex uh, Games yeah we were just I think I was looking for the bike that well Stu had two different bikes and he's letting me use one okay to ride back and forth on it just worked out that he had an extra bike, so it was perfect. I rode the road bike, and he rode his BMX bike back and forth to uh, to where we were staying. So that was awesome, which was another one of his friends. That's another thing awesome about BMX, because yeah, you you could call me and say, "Hey, I'm a Waterbury, and I'm we're we're all stuck, some whatever." Yeah, and I'm 20 minutes from there. And sure come on up or I'll come pick you up whatever the deal is I feel like you still after all these years that I've experienced you could still do that 
Yeah, there's. Fr- I mean, that's my first tattoo is the Diggs mm-hmm. Brocket. Oh, okay. And it, I mean, it's like friendship through riding bikes. Yeah. And no matter where you go, it, you have. We met some guys yesterday. We were riding to the skate park, mm-hmm. and we didn't get all the way there before we found some BMXers, and then they came to the skate park and rode with us. Oh, and my. Dan and Logan came back to the Airbnb, yeah. and I went and rode with the other guys. It yeah. was just instant, like, yeah. hangout. Right. There's right. You have something in common. It doesn't matter politically where you're at or no. whatever. It doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. It's that bike bond, that common bike exactly. bond. Exactly. Oh, yeah, we're over two hours. I, I do this with people. <laughs> they go on forever I, I if, I, if forever. I learn them. My, people, uh, people tend to have, like, a... Some people depends. And attention span. I've got friends. Yeah, or they don't have, you know, in their defense, I I drive an hour and 10 minutes each way to work, so I'd listen to tons of them. You're on the road for a while, you you listen. I have a truck driver friend that lives in California that is always bugging me, you know, saying, you know, I want the longest podcast you can put out. And I'm like, listen, It, it helps. You do. But not everybody does because some people. Um, what the only thing I care about is is if it stops someone from listening to it that would have benefited from listening with, for instance, what you and I are talking about. Yeah. So to those people that don't like the long ones because you don't have the time, I've got the trick. All you do is put it on time and a half, so it actually my, it makes my very slow speaking voice. You know, fifty percent faster. Yeah, which also means you get through the podcast in half the time, pretty much. <laughs> so, but you can still hear everything. I mean, you—it's the message is still completely clear. It just sounds like you and I talking very fast. Yeah, you know? I don't—I don't know if you follow any skateboarding, but I listen to the Nine Club all the time podcast. I, I do that. Mike Vallely's one was like four hours long four yeah. or five hours long yeah, yeah. like well yeah. I'm on the road driving through the night sure I'm interested it's yeah. gonna keep me awake actually before podcasts when I would want to stay awake I'd put on some ridiculous music to that I yeah. knew the words to right. usually I'd put on the Limp Biscuit CD because yeah. it was so funny I'd just grin and stay awake <laughs> that's funny that's a good way to deal with it it's better than sticking your head out the window I've done that too yeah. Just get really cold, so I'm like <laughs> shivering. Yeah. Just so to stay away. the window up again, and you're back to... <laughs> then I'm comfortable. Oh, I start no, it's warm. Comfy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cold again. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, we actually talked about a lot of this. I don't know if this is from a post that I saw of yours, but uh, I, just, I just wrote down a note that said van life, um, because obviously... That's or the rage now is to, I do it with my van all the time. Oh, if I go to Eastern PA or not so much Pittsburgh because that's in the middle of the winter that I'm, I always go there, but, uh, or Richmond, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, you bring what you need and leave enough room to be able to sleep in the van. So I don't like imposing on people. I just get this weird thing that they're, everyone's very welcoming and they want give you comfort yeah um, but I also don't want to cause them to now have to you know wash all the sheets everything from me laying in that bed for 
six hours, maybe. Yeah. You know, so I kind of like that. But anyway, the question was, I saw, I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I saw something with van life. Did you outfit a van or something? Yes. So I have a Ford Econoline van. Okay. Um, I do shows most of the time for other companies, mm -hmm. but I do in fact have my own company okay. doing for shows. Mm -hmm. I rarely do them because I'd rather not deal with the hassle of everything else. I just yeah. want to show up and ride. Right. But I needed a vehicle to tow. Right. So I have a diesel van that okay. can pull things. Right. But simultaneously, it is a big vehicle mm -hmm. that will, the engine will last forever mm -hmm. and I can sleep out of it. So I have a three-person bench seat so I can fit riders when I need to. Yeah. But it folds into a queen-size bed in oh, the back. Okay with all sorts of storage. I've got a sink in there. Uh, I've got solar panels mm -hmm. and a refrigerator. I've really outfitted every little inch of everything right. I've done. And kind of started with just going to Woodward. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's only so many spots. And like I said, there used to yeah. only be so many pros. They don't have room for everyone all the time. And mm -hmm. if I can say, hey, I'm going to come up. Right. I don't need a place to stay. I'm mm -hmm. not going to bother anyone. Mm. I've got a place. It's We're good. Yeah. And it's also, if someone wants to offer me a couch, well, I've got a memory foam mattress in my van. I know how my back's going to react to that. So yeah. I'm happier. Everyone else is happier. Like you right. said, you're not imposing. Right, right. And if you're, I mean, earlier this couple months ago I mm -hmm. did a show for Mike Mancuso in uh, where was I Morgantown West Virginia okay and I left there past dark or around dark mm -hmm. and I drove through the night I might have got a couple hours of sleep at mm -hmm. a dollar store or something parking right. lot and I was doing shows the next day at the Kentucky State Fair in Louisville yeah. so it yeah. Having the ability to stop wherever I need to yeah. and do that, or I met last year, I met Micah's guys to go do shows in Louisiana and left my van in St. Louis mm -hmm. and I was sleeping in there at 30 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it, it makes, and it's fun, it's like a little clubhouse on wheels, yeah, yeah. you know, it, yeah, you, you feel like a rebel sometimes, <laughs> yeah, and. I had a van when I my first vehicle was a van, and same thing. You just you it made it. road trips possible. Oh yeah, and trip. I mean, my wife and my wife and I the whole week at mm -hmm. X Games in Minneapolis. Yeah, we stayed in the van in the parking lot of the arena. No way. So we were right. We would open the door and walk into the arena. Really. And, and then you have obviously they've got facilities there where you could probably shower you could do whatever you want to do showering is the hardest part so yeah. I, I mean I've got the way I designed the sink is the drain comes out yeah. and I can pee in the drain mm -hmm. uh, but the shower thing yeah. is harder you can since there's friends there there's always a hotel room to take a shower yeah. in or I had my road bike so I could ride places and yeah. do I that I have friends in Minneapolis but I got you I just assume you could use the football locker room, but that's probably like... I probably could have somehow, yeah. but... Right. This year I did a month and a half... I've probably done two months in it this year. Really? I did a month and a half straight. Wow. 
So I was at Woodward for three weeks, and I was doing some shows on the weekends, Mm -hmm. Jersey and places, and just anywhere and everywhere. And when I was in Louisville, actually, my fridge got stolen out of the van. And the first, actually, the week from tomorrow was the court date. I was like, I can't come to the court date because I got my fridge back. Oh, okay. Since I've, I'm decent at selling on. classifieds and things yeah i was able to find my fridge <laughs> wow so i did i did most of the detective work and right they managed to get it back and yeah but it, yeah. it makes i'm in it for so long i want some yeah. comfort sure of living and mm-hmm. um yeah just having a sink to brush your teeth at yeah, yeah. i did we'll see where i go so that van has been at the beginning, and spring, I had the transmission rebuilt, which mm-hmm. that was $50 less than what I paid for the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right. But, I mean, I'm at 315,000 miles on it. It makes things possible. There are certain shows that I might not take because I can't get to them or stay. And I'm over six foot tall, so I'm not sleeping in a car. No. I had a buddy, when I was calling around trying to find figure things out for where my fridge was he was talking about he's like he he said he was defending me in a conversation where guys are like oh zach's just living it up doing this he's like man he's just making it happen he's living in a van right right half the time yeah it's it's the tool Mm -hmm. to extend the dream gotcha yeah and it's i've never been a car guy yeah i'm like oh i gotta do this i gotta yeah i need another solar panel i need new batteries or it saves you money in the long run. It saves mm-hmm. you a lot of headaches in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I do wish I had one that I could stand up in. I also don't have the extended Econoline. I have the normal length, which is mm-hmm. still big. Right. But right. it's easier to park in a city. Yeah. It's you, parallel parking. It fits things easier. It's right. not a high top, so I can go through a drive through Because if you're driving through the night to get to a show right. and you need to get food somewhere at a Taco Bell at 2 a.m. Yeah. or wh- whatever. Right. I can do that because you can't walk through right. the drive-through. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I wonder how many high-top fans have trashed drive-throughs. Yeah. Or, or when I was in D.C., yeah. I couldn't fit in half the parking garages yeah. in D.C. So right. finding a parking garage I could fit in. Yeah. And little things like that yeah. but you run into. But right. It's right. it's all good. Yeah. And seeing that I finally went to an X Games. <laughs> I've joked about this a lot. I mean, they started the first X Games, which were called Extreme Games, I think, then, in Rhode Island, which is not that far from here. Yeah. But I think me and our my buddies at that time, that was in the, that was in the mid '90s, I think. '95, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. We were too cool to go to a, an Extreme Games. We were like, we already lived the Extreme Games in our backyards, and it's yeah. Weird. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, crap, I really wish I went to an <laughs> And I'm also at the age where I think of things as not being permanent. And it's not in a negative or a bad way, but nothing lasts forever. And I was like, man. And I don't really like to use the term bucket list, but um, let's just say it's on my to-do fun list. It was it was on there, and it, and it worked out really, really well, and it didn't cost me, and you'd appreciate this, it didn't cost me 
hardly anything because a guy that I met online that him and I happened to go to a lot of the same races, but we didn't really know each other back in the nineties. Him and his wife both worked for Southwest. Oh, so that's awesome. I got a ticket because they weren't able to use them up. Normally they try to use up. I think they allow anyway, that whole X games experience was, was amazing because it was through friends was made pretty much free. Yeah. And it's, I was just incredibly thankful and, you know, it just, it was, it was nice. So anyway, in, in doing that, I got to see you. That's why I saw you at the, at the VertCom. And I obviously liked dirt. So I was, I was, I got to watch dirt qualifying and, and then of course finals and then mega, which you do not do, right? I don't compete, but I've ridden it. Okay. It's. I don't care about the jump. I just want to go to the moon on the quarter pipe. Really? Yeah. That's what well, I love. Yeah, and you're comfortable with vert, so that would make that would make sense. But that came up. There was another. There was something. There was a contest of, of with something else right before that. So when I, I got back around to watch Mega, I uh, I ended up in like the worst seats possible. Oh. But. And you would appreciate this because I'm certain I'm starting to get a feel for where you're at, and which is similar in a lot of ways to me. I um, I ended up picking this spot, and I wish I could remember this kid's name I'm about to bring up, but I I don't can't remember it. But I ended up in the in the um, the next tier up, but my seat was too far back. Every, everyone was smart. They they got the railing, you know, yeah. up against the railing seats. Um, and I couldn't go on the floor because I couldn't get on the floor of the past and didn't work for that, which was fine. It was no big deal. But for that particular event, there weren't a lot of great places to see everything. You know, the whole Morgan Wade deal where he was putting, I, instead of a ladder, he was putting something out. I forgot what. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot what he switched to. He was trying to hop over the po- the post. Yeah, he did the post, and I think earlier in the day, maybe he, during practice, he did the ladder. Yeah, maybe. I uh, tried the ladder in the contest. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I could see that, and then they disappear, <laughs> and then I saw him pop up on the mega ramp, and I was just like, "Oh man, I'm, I feel like I'm missing like good parts of it." But the silver lining, and this is the part I was I was getting to, is uh, the guy sitting right in front of me. I don't know. I think he heard my voice because someone needed to get in and they said, excuse me. I'm like, oh, no problem. Don't worry about it. And I moved out of the way because I had the end seat. And this kid turns around and he goes, are you ground, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, you know we're, we're in Minnesota, in yeah. Minneapolis. I don't know. So he was there with his son and he's like, I listened to the podcast. And I'm like, it was just a... Oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. And one at one moment it was bizarre, and then I realized this is amazing. This is great. So, so I I actually made sure we got a picture of us, um, because I was like, this is too cool. Yeah, this is like really cool because I'm not an athlete. I'm just a BMXer, just like most people. The voice just gave it away, and and I thought well, that is so crazy that someone in Minneapolis listens to this stuff, you know. But and it goes further, but. I'm too modest in my head to think that that's even possible that people would be listening in in Australia, yeah, you know, or whatever. But BMX is funny like that. So X Games, uh, the the whole 
experience I think was was pretty cool. But you've been doing it for a while, so um, I had a I had a couple questions about it because it uh, it it seems like it's harder to it's probably harder to make money at at the event. I would think, which I don't know. So let me start you with that question. If if uh, if you don't mind, if you don't mind telling me, uh, like, what's the breakdown? Do you only get paid to top three, no. and that's it, and you get nothing else? Or so vert, everyone gets paid. Okay. Uh, I can't say for all the other events. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone gets something. Okay. Uh, offset the expenses because they're not giving you correct. hotel rooms like we talked about you you stayed in the van yeah no they don't and that's the so I was in the van this year but the mm-hmm. previous two years in Minneapolis mm-hmm. there's a girl I used to work with mm-hmm. that lived there and I was riding like five miles to the event every day on my bike oh, with my stuff right and riding back a to her place stuff. and back and forth yeah, yeah. and it just to, I'm yes, I'm there to ride and have fun, mm-hmm. but I can't ride and have fun unless it's financially responsible. Right, and that's what a lot of other people don't understand. They're like, I remember guys go telling me like, oh, I have to get at least fifth place to break even. Like, how much money? Why, right. why are you in a two hundred dollar a night hotel? What are you doing? Right, right. Like yeah. this, this if. It's a career. It should be, you should do it responsibly and be smart about it. Right. And you can still have fun. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. No. no. Well, we were talking about where I was prying a little bit. Oh, as about far as the money, payout, the payout. So, and maybe it's public knowledge. I have no idea. Not necessarily. This year, they okay. didn't even tell us what it was going to be. Until after you were there. Until I got paid. Until. Until the end of vert, yeah. That, but wow. the year pr- it ended up being the same as the, the okay. previous year, which I didn't know that. I wonder the pre- if they just assume that the previous knows. year. Yeah, I believe. Um, so two thousand eighteen mm-hmm. was first for vert. I think first was like seventeen or something. Really? Seventeen grand. Whoa! And but there's just, there's only eight of us. But right. eighth place is five hundred dollars. Which, yeah. I so, mean, to slip up and mess up, yeah, and you have that big a difference, like, yeah, you're right. not paying for anything with $500. I mean, unless you're yeah, living totally frugal. mega frugal like me, but yeah, even yeah, yeah. then, you're you're buying flights, and right. my wife went with me, so. Mm-hmm. Which was a long drive, gas. Yes, exactly. The whole, the whole deal. Yeah, that's, and that's, so the money isn't, I guess what I was thinking it was, it's. I don't know how well it it's doing it on it. I didn't even understand this till I went. You're gonna laugh because there's things I just didn't understand. But it's really a made-for-TV event, and I thought there'd be more people like me that were just fans of BMX that wanted to watch all this stuff. I'm sure there are plenty of people that show up that live around Minneapolis. So yeah, I was I was just uh, I was just curious on that because it seems it, you would think at this time they'd really be chopping it down if they're not getting the view viewership you know 
I think a lot of people watch X Games, whether it's winter or summer X Games, but I don't know. You know, so I'm, I was assuming the money was getting getting lower. I'm glad to hear it's still. I it. I mean, there. I want to say from what I've heard mm-hmm. that in the heyday it was like fifty for first. So it is dropping, and you know what? Yeah, that makes sense because people like Dave Muir got got pretty wealthy off that. They did, and you know, and even is, talking with Trevor right. earlier, mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, at that point, everyone had sponsors, yeah, and sponsors yeah. would match things. Oh yeah, and not and, to mention fly you out and put you up. And, exactly. I've yeah. the most I've ever made from a sponsor was five hundred dollars for the year. Mm-hmm. It's. It's, to me, that's crazy. I mean, that's privateer. I mean, yeah. I, I do it for me. Mm-hmm. and So that one contest must be pretty important to you. It is. And up until last year, mm-hmm. when I got bronze, yeah. I still worked what I would say a full-time job. But right. still, the majority of my income was yeah. from working at a bicycle shop. Right. And we already talked about that. It's not a lot. No. No. But, and and I couldn't really, with how I'm set up with Mm -hmm. being married and mortgage, I couldn't really fully do shows and depend on it because it's sporadic. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But having that cushion of the X Games Mm -hmm. money gave me the ability to step back because I like I said I was working full time in college I've always been the person that I have to be I have to have money coming in I have to be stable and steady Mm -hmm. and I was able to get out of that routine a little bit and and be able to do these shows right it's it's a little it's kind of mind numbing at times because you don't like well I haven't worked in a month Right. Or the bike shop doesn't need me right now because right. I'm still working at the bike shop when I'm right. home. But mm-hmm. majority of my income is from doing shows. Right. Right. Which is what I want to do anyway. Yeah. So you, how many X Games have you done? So I've competed in three. Okay. So the first one I got a fourth, second I got a third, and this year I got a fifth. Oh, I think a fourth. Man. You would but, know. Yeah, it was, I just don't it was so close. Who then? Who got fourth? Coco uh, didn't. Coco or Michael. And Coco. Oh, I thought he was podium. And Co- Coco or wait, no. Michael got third, and Coco got fourth. That's, That's what right. it was. And I feel like Coco and Michael and myself mm-hmm. have always been like right there. Yeah, yeah. Always together. Yeah. And and you never really know. Right. And Simon was out this year, but you never really know. Oh, Simon but, still does them? What's up? Simon still does them? He still yeah, does them? Yeah, he's, but he's, he was injured this year. So knowing that there's basically one contest a year for you, right? That you yep. can really make, hopefully make some money. Are you able to shut that off when you go, like, and not worry about the, the placing? The financial strain? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was it yeah. was a little it was different, and and I had to. So after I 
I was an alternate for three years prior to being in it for three years. So I had been, I went to all three X Games in Texas, but never rode the contest. Oh, okay. And originally, my goal as a kid, I gotta go, I gotta be, I gotta go to the X Games. Right, right. I went to the X Games. Then it was like, now I gotta be in it. Right, right. I got in it. And then the ultimate was like, I gotta get a medal. Yeah. And I got that. And Um, I wanna say for like a month afterwards, I just was like, I had no motivation. Like right. I'm, I'm there. What do I do now? I've right. been. This is twenty years of. I gotta be there, and now I'm there. Right. And oh. so that was kind of a whole different. Like, well, now you gotta do better, or now, you, now yeah. the goal is to stay the same. Silver. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it definitely did come into effect. I want to say in the spring. It's like I, I've got. I've got to learn something new. I've got to. Yeah. But you can't with vert i mean mm-hmm. other stuff too but vert you really have to you got to respect the ramp and if you're not ready you're not ready and you got you as much as you may want to wing something right it's not worth it right because and it's just a huge gamble on yourself yeah and there's i don't know 10 things that i could maybe pull out of my butt mhm but it was just like at the time, like I'm not feeling it. Like right. um, that risk versus reward. Yeah, know? it's and with with X. Unfortunately for BMX Vert, we only had two runs, mm-hmm. and I messed up on my first run. So it's risk everything, right? Or go home with five hundred dollars, right? And right. and financially, I can't do that. And right. personally, I think they don't get as good a contest because of that. Right. Where skateboarders, they do like full five runs. Right. Right. And if Mega, they have four or five runs. Yeah, they do, don't they? They But we get two, so if we screw up once, I'm not, being a smart person, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lay everything on the line again because I'm not financially stable. Right. That's where that comes into effect. But... If we have a couple more runs, yeah, maybe I'll try the opposite alley-oop 540 or mm-hmm. the whip-to-whip back or something. Sure. But I don't have the opportunity. Yeah. And With two runs. With two runs. Unless yeah. I nail everything the first run. But yeah. usually my first run is going to be, let's say, a 90% yeah, of yeah. what I want. And right. then the second one is really go for right. it. Right, I got you. So yeah, that. Well, Coco, he goes by Coco, right? Yep. I feel like he was kind of in the same position as you, but he was hucking it probably maybe a little too hard. Maybe I don't know because he he did end up he hurt. did hurt his knee. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what trick he was doing when he fell. I don't. I think it was a triple whip. Maybe it, it was a whip. So it had to have been. I think it was a triple, whip. and he hasn't done a. He hasn't done a triple whip probably in a while. Yeah. Is that what Michael landed was a triple that pretty much solidified his... I think so, his, a triple down he whip. He barely made, like, he, he barely got... Yeah, he, he landed low. Yeah. But he held on. I think the seat helped him <laughs> keep the feet up because he had, could, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just kept the feet on. But, but that, 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 that too... Explains a, that explains a lot. Me that two run format mm-hmm. 
it really it really hurts the contest because I'm not yeah. putting the best I can do out there necessarily right. in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Or Vince, yeah, yeah. Vin, I mean, Vince won, right? But um, or did yeah, did Vince yeah. win or did Jamie? I don't remember. I think Vince won. Vince Jamie and Jamie second, are like whatever. And, but Vince, I, I, the only reason I think I know this is because it made Vince. To me, I had never heard the name before. So, and just showing my, my gap again. No. But Vince, especially wearing what he was wearing, the orange. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I do I do remember because it, it felt like when I was watching Mega after that, uh, he was still trying super hard, but I, I felt like that was, uh, he was so psyched on that. He was probably like, "All right, I'll take anything on Mega." Yeah, but the, Vince stresses out, and what's crazy is because Coco fell on the the triple whip, right? And Michael pulled one, mm-hmm. and uh, by the seat of his pants, sure, rolled out of it. Um, right. But Vince bobbled at his first run. Vince was doing triple whips in practice as a setup there. Wow. But he bobbled in his first run, so he did a double whip on his second run rather than the triple whip. Okay. So not only my runs were slightly tamed uh-huh. just to put a run down. Right. Vince's was as well. Right. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, he was doing a set. He did a triple whip as a setup. Yeah. Into a switch down whip, uh-huh. Indian Superman Indian air. That's a lot going on in one air. Yeah. Especially oh with gosh. how big that t-shirt is. I'd catch that t-shirt on every... <laughs> I wear the smallest t-shirt so they don't get caught on anything. Yeah, bars. Have you ever had that happen on a half pipe? Yeah. Ugh. It's not. I don't even want to talk about the scary half pipe stuff. I'm, I don't know if I can handle it. I, I've it, So I learned... I remember... The one I remember, I learned downside hand plants, like a skateboarder on vert ramp. Really? And Chad... Kagi was the one that kind of really made that trick a little more popular. Uh-huh. And I knew Chad at the time. I was, I think I was in college. And I emailed him like, "Yeah, give me like a starting pointer. What, <laughs> what do I do? Right. I, the first one I did, I'm pretty sure my bike launched from the vert all the way to the flat. <laughs> like it did a flare to the flat bottom. <laughs> Luckily nothing broke, That's but long yeah. I remember... Once I got comfortable with them, I started rotating a little yeah. too much. Yeah. And I did like a 270 hand plant and landed and just high-sided to my head, to the yeah. flat bottom. And I threw up in my helmet immediately, like as my head hit. Yeah. But yeah. that was, I mean, there's been that or I cracked both my heels when I popped off the coping on a tip, like my back wheel clipped coping. Yeah. So I pretty much jumped from the railing of the vert ramp to flat. Yeah. And... Which is 11 or 12 feet plus, however high yeah, you Yeah, so it was right? like four or five feet above. Jeez. So the first probably... It's almost two stories. Four months I knew my wife. I was, I, my heels didn't touch the ground. I was just walking on my toes. I just thought I bruised my heels. Right. But later on going into the doctor, he's like, do you know you cracked your heel at one point? Right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do know that. I know I did something. Yeah. I just don't right. go to the doctor Right, right. Unless something's really out yeah. of place. Right. It has to be like an internal thing, I would think. Yeah. Something but I, internally going on. I try to be smart mm-hmm. with 
the vert ramp, like I said, you have to respect it mm-hmm. and you can't force a lot of that stuff. And right. Jamie, Jamie always has been the person that he did it smart. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to try a trick at a contest or on the ramp was he 150% knew he was going to pull it or so, or so he just as clean runs then correct and well and he was safe right he didn't have injuries so he could get to the next contest and or figure something else out sure. or uh, so I've always watched that led by that example mm-hmm. or followed by that example and for the most part as I've gotten more into it mm-hmm been okay yeah and I mean there's there's always the I mean last year at X Games I was doing demos so the vert ramp was the first event I did demos the rest of the days right so I think the morning after I was doing a demo and I went to do a turn down simple trick probably one of my favorite tricks to ever do on anything uh huh and I hung my entire back wheel and flipped over the flat bottom. Oh. So it you just have to be in the right, right. mental doesn't matter what you what yeah. your trick you're doing. Right. Right. You just it's gonna happen, you have to respect it and yeah. Make sure you have a new helmet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which that's not cheap either. No. Very good. Well, before I forget, how'd you get the nickname Zach Fullface? I mean, obviously it's to do with a helmet. I think, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is the helmet. Yeah. Um, I went on a road trip with some guys from Cincinnati mm-hmm. to uh, Rays, I think. Okay. And I think Instagram was new. I had I had this really crappy Windows phone mm-hmm. for five years, I think. Yeah. The smartphone, but it was just a crappy smartphone. Yeah. And they don't make app they didn't make many apps for that. Like I couldn't get Instagram, I couldn't get yeah. um Twitter or so I don't know. There's there's a bunch of stuff I couldn't get. So there was another kid that he had an even worse phone. He had an uh flip phone still. Yeah. And they called him Flip Flo- Flip Phone Ryan. <laughs> yeah. And I think they started calling me Full Face Zach. Uh-huh. And so when I did get a better phone, when I did make an Instagram, I'm like, what should it be? Yeah. Like, oh, Full Face. Everyone knows me for wearing that stupid big helmet. Right. And prior to that, I wore a pink helmet for, like, yeah. a pink Protec for, I don't know, eight years. So you just switched to Full Face before... And it, well, most park guys probably don't even feel the need for Full Face, right? Not... Ne- yeah, correct. And... I would always, but I would always go to the skate park. Yeah. Wear my, hat, my skate helmet. Yeah. And then when I rode vert, I'd put the full face on. Yeah. And a couple times, this was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I'd forget my half cut. Like, I'm comfortable in the full face. Why am I just not wearing yeah. that? And eventually, I fell at a contest and like a little local contest and hit my teeth and like I'm just gonna wear the full face. Yeah. I'm comfortable yeah. and like I'll go I could go ride street in a full face it wouldn't right. bother me but it will bother everyone on the internet you know uh, yeah I don't understand that, why the skaters don't wear a full face on mega yeah 
Did, I think Burnquist has before. Yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. he's the only one now. Well, I think notable so. people yeah. that. Yeah. That. It's crazy to me. It really is. Um, I, I wear a full face no matter what I'm doing, because I've had too many times where I'm wearing a, you know, like a Protec, you know, not a half cup, but whatever it's called. Yeah. It goes over your ears, and it's. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If, if you're riding crazy trails or easier trails, trails for instance, oh, yeah. for me, I had a freewheel brake on me and, and went right to my chest and face. And I, I wasn't, uh, I was not wearing my full face. Um, and uh, it just, I got lucky I didn't smash my face in the ground. I, it, I took it all to the chest, which fortunately even then it was just like rib bruising, but but yeah, I mean, I, I could have easily just mashed my face in the ground because, you know, when a freewheel breaks or a chain or whatever, yeah, you're, you're going down face first, no matter what, because it happens so fast, you can barely get your hands out. So anyway, I've had it save me so many times, just just stupid things. I was at a night jam with some lights everywhere, so it was pretty lit up, but I went this different route and sure enough, there was a digging hole right next to that, and my front tire just oh. caught it, and just went, Foom! but I had my full face on. Knocked the wind out of me, but at least I still had all my teeth. Yeah, <laughs> there's know? been there's been plenty of times it saved me, and yeah, I uh, in so the first shows I ever did were for DK, mm -hmm. and okay. I remember doing shows when I was in college for DK. We went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and in the lip trick section of the show. Right. Do a nice pick stall on the lip of the box jump, and I would hop up and spin an opposite 270 in a Fufanu mm -hmm. out. And when I went and hopped into it, right before I hopped back into the ramp, hopped out, yeah. my back, my brakes rolled. Oof. So it, when I hopped, all that force went into me going down, yeah. hung front wheel, and I smashed to the ground. Now, we were in a horse riding arena with unleveled dirt, hard packed dirt. On top of that, it was... That was your flat? Well, plus all this other stuff. So it was hard packed <laughs> dirt. Yeah. yeah. The whole arena they had covered in big rolls of AstroTurf. So you had loose AstroTurf on top of that. And then they were supposed to supply us with plywood. They supplied us with, with inch thick plywood and the way that that box jump set up, yeah. they also didn't have a whole lot for us. The yeah. way that box jump set up was you couldn't put anything under the lip. Mm -hmm. So we actually had to set the inch thick plywood on the bottom of the lip. Oh no, so you had an edge sticking up on the bottom of the transition. The, the inch thick plywood, so when I cased front wheel, came down, um, my jaw landed right on that line. It, oh. it broke my Bell God. motorcycle helmet. Wow. I finished the show, but by the end of the show, I was, I could barely see. Like, I was super fuzzy and blurry. And, yeah. um, wow. If I hadn't had that on, mm -hmm. I would have been eaten through a straw if I was still here. Yeah. And right. that sucked, though, because yeah. I didn't make a whole lot of money on that trip. And right. I lost all my tools because I couldn't comprehend what was going on for a week wow. or so from hitting my head so I lost more oh. tools 
that I made in money. Whatever. Yeah. I have the story. Well, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> At least you have that. Um, yeah, it, it's tough stuff. I don't know. You, uh, you're a tough guy. <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. That's why. That's why I have for you. It's, you know, for not knowing you, we ripped off three hours just like yeah. that. So, but we both like to talk. So exactly, it makes it easy. Bikes, yeah, and everything. I'm going to leave it up to you to finish it. If there's anything you want to mention, anyone you want to shout out, anything you have coming up, your shirts. I see your new shirts. Yes, this. I mean, the shirt is uh, actually a former boss raced mm -hmm. BMX in the 70s and early 80s and he okay. gave me a bumper sticker that was this oh, okay he thought it was so cool he yeah. never wanted to put it on anything yeah and then he gave it to me and I'm like it's so cool I don't know what to put it on so I'm gonna print I'm gonna have shirts printed that have the same thing so right, I can right. disperse them because yeah. I think it's funny it is and yeah, yeah. Um, so well, we'll get a picture of you after uh, when we're done so you can show it I'll, yeah I'll put it up there but but yeah, thank you to thank you to my parents. One, thank you to my wife for putting up with. I mean, she wants me to call her when I'm done. <laughs> okay, um, you got a flea deal to deal with. Yeah, the, the dog needs me. Right, he's, he's Not itchy. Only do you do flea markets? You got fleas in your house now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ironic. Sorry. Yeah, ironically, his flea medicine ran out, and I had just ordered him some, and now oh, he's. Right. It's fleas are tough too, man, because they multiply fast. Yeah, but but th and thank you to, I mean, there's so many people. Thank you to everyone that's believed in me and the my jobs that have put up with this. Yeah, and or every show to you. I mean, this year alone, I've ridden shows for ten companies. Whoa! So I have. I've tried to make connections with as many people as yeah, possible so I can right. piece together a living. Sure. Because sure. if, if there's a way to do it, I want to do it. Yeah. Um, I had yeah. not known that about you, and I think that's that's pretty impressive. And, of course, the title of the podcast is Persistent Full yeah. Face. <laughs> Just, <what laughs> I, was I, it Persistence Full Face? Is it, <laughs> or is it Full Face Persistent? No, I had I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, sorry. A full but, face of persistence. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's yeah, tough. It's tough. Whoever hasn't believed in me, there's. I mean, there's so many people. And one person, for example, that comes to mind is Dave Rumlow. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know Dave. He does yeah. judging. From um, Florida originally. Correct. Okay. That's Dave worked at a Wendy's in high school with my aunt. No way. And then he used to party with my other aunt. <laughs> but uh, oh boy, yeah. I knew Dave very young. Yeah, yeah. And when I'd go visit my grandmother, I'd I'd meet Dave, mm -hmm. and I ride to the skate park with Dave, and yeah, um, and Dave doesn't have a filter. Yeah. He will tell you tell it how it is. Yeah. And many times you need to be told how it is. Yeah, yeah. And so he's always been a a very big help. Anyone who's ever given me a bike part or, or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh DK hooked me up for a while, Fit hooked me up for a while. Oh, nice. Um but really it's a Reeser bike shop in Newport, Kentucky mm -hmm. and Freeze Thaw Cycles and uh State College PA. They've yeah. For those times when I've gone, hey, I have to take this tour. It, it means too much. Yeah. It's five weeks 
Right. And, right. and being and expecting that I'm going to lose my job and kind of setting myself up for I need to, but them right. say, them saying, all right, it's not ideal, but we'll we need you, so we'll we'll stick it out. Yeah. So huge thanks to that. Yeah. And my wife for kind of living the single life half the year. Yeah. yeah. Without me, but right. thank you for this. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, it's worked out awesome. Thank you to everyone who rides bikes and has fun. Come say hi. Yeah. And thank you for doing the things you're doing with the show. Yeah. And and really leaving an impact on as as we always say, even if you changed one life at each show, you may save a life at a show. You yeah. Know, it's it's that's that's serious stuff, and and I appreciate you for that. Well, I I mean, it's been. I want to say it was 98, the first BMX show I saw, the GT Air Show yeah. in Louisville, Kentucky. And I can tell you which riders were there. Yeah. That's how important it was to me. Yeah. And I finally got to do that show this year. That's awesome. So. Full circle. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm hoping we're working on the next generation of right. people that ride everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Mega ramp to the rail to the jump, the dirt jumps. Yeah everything awesome i think we're good buddy cool thank you appreciate doing this and we we killed it for three three hours i think yeah i mean i could go i could go forever i I didn't even talk about my skateboards oh boy that's gonna have to be a part two (laughs) you know all right thanks we'll get a picture of you real quick here